I think there's probably like 10 minutes of usable material. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know, right? We should leave it. All right, well, I'll do a sign off for him since he's not here, Rod. Hey, what's up? It's Roger Rabbit's podcast. Welcome back. We are on season five, kicking things off this season with uh, good friends of mine, both Scott, Il, Nikki, Jay, Pats, and Anno Domini of modernproducers.com. Uh, we were all together at the A3C conference and festival in Atlanta this year in 2018. It was amazing. We all did not even know that we would each be there. So when we started running into each other, we said, oh, we got to link up and do something. So we ended up meeting up at Bo's house and recording on a rooftop. So it's really wild conversation. Lots of uh, beers were drank. So by the end of this conversation, you'll have to bear with us. You can kind of start to tell that we get a little bit uh, tipsy as it goes along. So that makes the conversation pretty fun to listen to. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, I am going to put some timestamps down to kind of uh, show you what we're talking about. Uh, basically, little chapter uh, indicators there of uh, what we're talking about in the conversations. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. I'm going to go ahead right into the podcast. It's a long one. And uh, welcome back to the Raji Rabbit podcast. Played some pretty fun shows, like dark in the morning, like 1.30. It gets real fun sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, to be honest with you, I could count on one hand the amount of times I've been in a club in LA since moving there. Three really? and a half years? Yeah. Wow. I think that's... literally I've been to like three or four club nights, that's it. I go to bars and stuff, but... Brickyard is right next to you, bro. That's going to be your favorite spot. Do you like pool? If you do like pool, awesome. If you don't, then... I'm a pool shark. <laughs> <laughs> I hung out there religiously at the really? Brickyard. It's right across the street. Brickyard pub, dude. Um, but yeah, I hate going out. Or I don't hate going out, but if I'm not performing or my buddies aren't performing... Yeah, that's the big deal. I've been going out a I'm lot less. I'm not in love with the artist. Yeah. I'm not going to go that's out. That's the thing. Like, the few times I've gone out, I hated the music. I wasn't having a good time. Like, nobody was really, like, feeling it. Yeah. I, was, I was there with my wife, too. You know, it's like kind of a different vibe. <laughs> I pulled out of Subway sandwich. No out wonder of he didn't want to eat pizza. I was like, you want to get pizza? I remember like, when no, he I'm told me this. He didn't even mention that. I remember when he told me he had that ready. <laughs> he just started you know, recording. You know what, though? What Adrian, the right. importance <laughs> of going out was like really, for me, as an artist, and especially in San Diego, yeah. it was really important to get my face known. No, totally. You I know? totally get that. So like, for a while, going out was, like, I would go out and not want to. I'd be like, you know what? Like, I, I need to go and I just dropped a song. I got to go show people I'm around, show people I'm here in the community, here in San Diego, talk to the DJs, just be out there. And so then, you know, obviously you get you go out, you get people that you see at the bars, they get you shots, and all of a sudden you're shit-faced again. <laughs> so it starts to get like, all right, I'm drinking a lot, but I'm also meeting a lot of people. They're seeing my face a lot. Yeah. So it's, no, it's, it's different for like artists or, or DJs, you know, you need to do that networking, yeah. you need to be seen and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think as a producer, you can take a bit more of a That's backwards true. approach because yeah. you're kind of working in like the background anyway. Yeah, 1000%. So. Yeah. What do you use? Are you Ableton guy? I uh, I haven't actually produced much lately, but I used to use FL Studio mostly. Anna, can you grab us a couple more beers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not What's lately? Up? What have you been doing lately? It just does. For you. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, give that lighter. Yeah. What you been doing lately then, branding? <laughs> no, I, as I said, you know, I have the team of producers, so I manage them. Um, I also have modernproducers.com, it's like an e-commerce software for platform for producers. So we sell like VSTs, drum kits, and stuff like that. And uh, that business has kind of been growing a lot, so it's been demanding loads of time. And then um, I have like a little, like a property management company too. 
Um, I own a couple places in LA that we rent out through like Airbnb, short-term rentals. So that's a lot of work too. Who are some of your uh, some of your producers right now? Uh, like names you mean? Yeah. Too deep, you know him, right? Yeah, yeah. Scronic, um, oh, too deep was one of the one of my favorites back in the day. Life and death. Production. Life and death. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. Those were a lot of the guys that were. Do you remember Shadowville? Sure. Yeah. A lot of the guys that were featured on Shadowville yeah, yeah, was yeah. our number one site back in the day. It was <laughs> either Omnidomini, Life and Death, Two uh, Deep, mm-hmm. uh, a couple others on there. What about? Um, there was a guy that you were representing for a while. This is something with a Z. Z. Something with a Z, man. Do you mean vocab? Maybe. No. Well, who did you say? Vocab. Company. No, the producer. No. No. Somebody said they were so dope. That the same thing. Who's this little guy? I know, that's true. Is that Goliath Beetle? Leave him alone. That's a tick. <laughs> fuck you up. That's a tick? That's not a tick. It's not a tick. <laughs> He's going underneath. He's All right. cool, man. You know him? That's George. All right, G. Oh, the flip around, the old flip around. Don't thump him, because last time I did, he exploded on my finger. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what kind of thing is that? Uh, I don't know. Atlanta's got different bugs. Yeah, they got a lot of bugs in here. That's because like there used to be this area right here that they just pulled up with like a giant like nature area. And so the like it's the only place in the city that's like condensed like wood so all the bugs hung out there but now they're pulled over. Even in the city center I was having like lunch today and there was this beautiful park like right outside the restaurant so I was like yeah I'll just take my lunch outside you know it looks beautiful you enjoy the sunshine and whatnot. I sat down I opened my food and I was literally like surrounded by a swarm of like various <laughs> insects just yeah. flying all over me. It sucks dude. I didn't even think about that when I moved here. That's why you just eat I've seen some sweet ass lightning storms though and I've, I never realized how cool lightning was. I forgot. So you it's awesome. Go outside dude. with your sword. Yeah. Oh, you got Whoa. some Patron and shit? Whoa. This is not for tonight. Right this now. guy's a sneaky cat. We've <laughs> out all kinds of streets. <laughs> storage. <laughs> Store, portable storage unit. Yeah. Man, this is awesome. I love this. What is that building? So we're on the, That's on the rooftop. The Bank of America building, his offices. North Avenue, though, is how you can judge that building. That's how you know your way around town. It's like the North Star of Atlanta. Yeah, it is. What is the North Star of Atlanta? Uh, that giant building right there. That's the, the North Avenue. Um, the big, shiny yeah. Hey, brother, how you doing? That's uh, North hey, Avenue and Peachtree. The uh, big major center of, I'm over here in Atlanta. Let me call you back. Yeah, Peach Street is one of the streets. I, just, of I wanted to introduce you because I didn't, I didn't yeah. call you back the other day. What's that? It's like uptown area, right? Like, Midtown, uh, they call it? Oh, yeah, you're probably by uh, like Piedmont Park area, maybe. Was that like the, one of the Fox Theater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I went That's to right the, next to that building. This place called like CJ Cricket or something? Or it was like a CJ. southern. Yeah, Christopher's. <laughs> What's this? Cricket. I swear that was the name. I think. Yeah. Oh, PJ Cricket. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Oh, that's a warm sound. Wings. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm still trying to. Does it sound good? What up? What up? Yeah, it's like picking up all of you guys. Damn, I hear J Pads on me. These nuts. This thing picks up great. Let me hear that shit. Should I play some beats? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Check, check. One, yeah, two, yeah. one, two, one, two. Not bad. Oh, yeah. Funky Comedina. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
Yeah, it I kind of just picks up what it points at, so I'm happy with it. I had never thought to use a shotgun mic until I've, I've seen a couple people in there. I was like, let me just look into it. And it's I, like mono, though. It's coming for the right ear. Yeah, I'll just fix that in post. Fix that in post. Okay. <laughs> Dude, have you guys seen the Call of Duty Post Malone commercial? No, is it good? It's the best. It's the best commercial out right now. Post Malone Call of Duty. Is he like Duty, in a plane? Google that shit. No, he's like, like wearing a Venn diagram. Do those two ever meet? That seems kind it's of amazing. He's like in a helicopter. It's like a Call of Duty guy, but he's got Post Malone's face on. He's like, you could find me in a helicopter. And he's like, and now I'm underwater. And he's like, keeps going like that. That's yeah. amazing. I gotta check that out. It's great. It's fucking great. It makes me want to be a Call of Duty guy, but I'm too busy playing Halo. I actually quit Halo Cold Turkey actually when I moved here. Congratulations, man. It's a bow quitting. Hey, in the video. I, just, I had to quit fucking around, man. That was another reason for the move. It's just to kind of like, you got to get out of your comfort zone. I did San Diego. Like, you got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that about? Every time I'm playing Halo and I, I see like they log the time you've played, I'm like, damn, that's time I could have been making beats, you know? Well. So it's kind of like you feel I could never enjoy playing Halo really because I always just feel guilty that I'm not like because I know I'm not going to be a professional Halo player. I would be though. I'd rather be a pro Halo player than a pro DJ. <laughs> it's more fun. I love it, dude. But I'm not as well, good. I don't know. I think I think if you uh, if you talk top top tier where you got your wranglers and your managers and stuff like the vice and stuff like that that are just like traveling around they kind of handle a lot of the stress stuff for you like saying like what's your day to day what are you going to do where are you going to go like, who's books your plane tickets you know all that shit's handled for you so you know well yeah i guess you're right I mean, that's, that's just like show up and rock out everybody else that's underneath you for an er, yeah everybody that's yeah. underneath you is like is like trying to like fucking make sure that you that you're the, the man so they're all working towards your good. I think the, that being a uh, an in-demand DJ that's solo is probably not as enjoyable as being a pro gamer. But being an in-demand DJ with a team that's high paid and touring, mm -hmm. probably fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I concur, my friend. I give you validation right there. Why, what did you say? Oh, Mr. Fucking Phone. Are we on this? Yeah, rewind. Yeah, you're on it. Rewind. Yeah, Nikki. Nikki missed the conversation. Did you have like a whole? Did he have like a whole intro and stuff? Dude, he does that. His intro. His intro is him eating that subway. Yeah, that's the intro. I ate a subway sandwich. No, I'm gonna record an open and just throw to it, and then people are gonna hear this conversation. Rooftop combo in progress. I've had that problem. My dad has a name for it called a scotoma. A what? A scotoma. What's that? It's when it's it's what I do when I when I'm in another world. Yeah. And then he said my name 18 times, and I say, "What's up?" <laughs> On the 19th time. Sounds like a terrible disease. Miscatoma. Scotoma. Yeah. It sounds a lot more serious than it yeah, is. Yeah, like like you should be hospitalized yeah. for this. I'm issue. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Listen, you got it. It's curable, but you have a scotoma. Whatever you need, sir. Whatever. <laughs> we need. Yeah. <laughs> we need. It. Immediate oh, attention, immediate operation. <laughs> God, the operation I had on my teeth the other day. Your, I'm still feeling my brain, uh, my brain vibrate. Your teeth, I, your teeth, on or my teeth, like my teeth. <laughs> so I have eight teeths, and so no, I had. <laughs> on my, on my. I was born a piglet. <laughs> I was, <laughs> on my gums, I went into the. I haven't been, been in the. I haven't been in the dent. I don't know about you guys, but I don't have like insurance and shit. But so I haven't been to the dentist in like 
four years. Right. So I was like thinking about it, and I was and That's I was brushing my America. teeth, and I was like looking in the mirror. I'm like, when's the last time your gross ass has been to the dentist? And so I, you know, went to PB Smiles, which is only like fifty-six dollars if you want to just get a checkup and an X-ray. So I go in there, and then they start poking around my mouth with like this thing, and if you have five the centimeters depth. in yep. the depth and I deeper, going you it. you have early periodontal disease. Uh -huh. And so they they start poking around. And they're like, listen, I don't know how, but you've got like healthy teeth, beautiful teeth. I don't know, it must be genes or something, but your gums suck. It's like, we gotta fucking fix them. And so, immediate attention, I had to go, and they had to numb my whole shit with uh, the anesthesia. Mm -hmm. Shot here, shot here, shot here. All around my jaw. My whole fucking grill was just numb. And they, they, and they went up in my gums and just were scraping. Yes, yeah, and it was like, hurt like a uh, It didn't hurt, but it was like, the shots didn't hurt. To you just you. feel it in your whole brain, and like yeah. just uh, the shots the suck, upper dude. bone of your shots suck. It, the, it shots suck. It hurt. Yeah, it does. And when they squeeze the thing up in here, like the anesthesia, you feel it in your whole like ear, and uh, it's just no good. You don't like anybody poking around over there. Raj, Raj is flossing. flossing right now. Are you flossing? That's amazing. Once a day, How floss once a day. Don't like forget. A term of like wealth. Know, like, yeah. So like cleaning your teeth goes to like wealth. So yeah, how did that happen? I don't know. Like if you're flossing, you're like. Is this? I don't a, know. Do you think it's arrogant right now that I'm flossing my teeth? I mean, and maybe like if someone you was like, "Yo, that sandwich, they, I probably he's would. flossing." But now it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get, try to get that shit out of my fucking mouth, man. you know. So yeah. why don't you paint the picture of where we're at right now? The, your listeners. All right, so we are live on a rooftop. Uh, we had to postpone our in-studio recording session uh, of the Bo Show uh, reunion because I'm visiting Mr. <clears throat> Bo Scott at his apartment here in beautiful Atlanta. Me and Il Nikki and Anno Anno Domino. Amin, Amin. What's wrong? We got a stutter. I don't. Anno, Anno Domini. Domini. Anno Domini. I overcomplicated. <laughs> Anno Domini. Anno Domini. Anno, see? Anno Domini. Oh, that's right. You're wrong. I, but I always say No, Colonel Sanders. Italian. You're like wrong. I know. So Anno Domini. Anno Domini. <laughs> I won't get it wrong again. See? There you go. AD is good too. AD. AD. Let's do AD. AD. South My boy AD. And J Pat. Yeah. J Pat. J Pat is a producer. For one J of the Pats. producers, J Pats is one of the one of the producers for uh, Il Nikki. So, mm -hmm. J Pats, what's up? No, no, let's get this straight. He raps for me. <laughs> oh damn! Dude. Il Nikki's no. one of the rappers that, that raps for, for, for J Pats. We got a hard ass EP coming. Yeah, yeah. It's we're not sure whether we want to call it. What do we want to call it? It's called the yet. hard ass EP. Well, we were thinking he's Avo Beats, and I'm Italian. We were thinking something like avo like spaghetti and avocado. Hey, <laughs> pause. For the name of the EP. Well, the purely vegan hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight up. Yeah, we definitely. I mean, Jermaine Dupree is vegan. Now. Is he <laughs> vegan? He's been vegan for 20 years. Dude, I'll never give up meat. Plant based all day, yeah. man. I, this guy. Nothing against you. I think everyone should be able to do what they want to do. I would never preach some shit. I believe what I believe, and it's like. I'm not gonna tell someone who's right or wrong because I think the universe is so much bigger. Now we get in hypothetical and oh shit. God. But the universe is so much bigger that I feel like we such a minuscule thing to tell someone who's right or wrong, I think is so incorrect. So 
So you're gonna allow yeah. people to so just So you're get telling cow- somebody they're wrong for telling people they, they're thinking they're right and wrong. It's gut rot. I'm with you. Everything's on a continuum, right? There's no like black and white. Yeah, okay. There's so much middle ground. I, I get it. Yeah, I don't think everything's as black as white as we think sometimes. Absolutely. And he hasn't even smoked any weed. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Wow, it's just a sober mind speaking. So if you hear any of the music in the background as well, <clears throat> or if any of the, the audio sounds interesting, <laughs> uh, it's because we are live on a rooftop with really like the built-in microphone on the recorder. We're getting crunk. A, a lav microphone this is on, check, check, on, check. on Nikki. <laughs> and then I got a shotgun mic, which I'm using myself and pointing to all the people that are talking to try to get the better audio. So there's a... <clears throat> Some kind of Bluetooth speaker action going on from uh, some people on the, the right of the that place. Shocking throw. That was a failed throw of a line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the quality of this podcast will be questionable. <laughs> but, you know, it's cool. Up, I, st- yeah, I opened it, mind. our recording, by e- eating a sandwich. So, I'm so you know. agent about this. This is, this is not what I sign up for. <laughs> yeah. If any of your professional careers are hurt by this appearance, I apologize in advance. <laughs> But this is Jake how Pat's I do got things. nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, come back yeah, later on in the week. <laughs> Shut up. Friday man. night. What's going on Friday night? A3C. Is there a festival? Yeah, I don't know, man. Everything is... Uh, you know what I found out about Atlanta is like... The people use strip clubs for normal things. And I'm like, because yeah. you know, like, like if you go outside of Atlanta, people are like a wife or something like that. She'll be like, you went to the strip club? Yeah. You know, so you know here. Swing and Richards is literally a coin toss over this. I, I bet. Dude. There's like, I think. <laughs> is a place like called Swing and Richards? Uh, I think it yeah, has to be. Right there. Oh my God. Look that over sound, that sounds questionable. Place Can I change my name to Swing and Nick? <laughs> 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 That's a good name. But. So no, like you guys, they, they always have like I, I got last year when I was here for A3C, and I'm back again. That's why we're all here. But uh, <clears throat> I uh, I got flyers for events, and I mean it's like legit events, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, I'll check it out or whatever. And I looked at, it, I looked, I googled the place, and I'm like, this is a strip club. Like, this is crazy, you know. But like, yeah, they, they just do normal things. There's yeah, another one, uh, just you know, right down the street over there. Crazy yeah. girls or something. Dude, I don't know. I think it's like. I wonder what the the Starbucks to strip club like ratio is yeah. in Atlanta. Seems to, seems to be a lot. It's interesting. Why not combine the two? You know, yeah. Super oh, amped yeah. up strippers. It would be crazy. Yeah. Well, Starbucks yeah. to pass through and then the strip club and then on the exit there's a Waffle House there. Well, you know what is interesting, Raj? I was here last year and... Um, For what? Well, my, my business partner lives out here. Lives in Decatur. And we Decatur. we came to just connect and, and we were here for about, about a week and a half. And... We went to, they were like, oh, we're gonna have a meeting. We're going to this place called Magic City. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, great. So we go to Magic City, and I didn't, I forgot that like Magic City was the, the strip club. So we, we go, we're going there, like going to a strip club. I'm like, all right, we're going to the strip club. I didn't see a single tit. What? Because it was, it was just wasn't the focal point. Yeah. It was everything, it was just, we went to the table. We I had one of the best pieces of steak I've ever had in my life. Plant-based. I don't eat at strip clubs. And I had a great meal you had a and, a, and, a, and a drink, and we had a nice meeting, and we walked out, and I completely didn't realize that in the background were all the strippers, and I hadn't looked once. Yeah. And it was just because I was so, in a meeting. Still there. I just wasn't even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, huh? it's still there. Every uh, they do uh, uh, listening parties every Tuesday. I feel like it's private, so like that's the only place I really care about it. 
Out of like just being in San Diego. Yeah, being in Magic City. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's probably the most famous thing. If you're hearing raps all the time. Uh, yeah, our age or whatever, because uh, you know uh, I remember Magic City before the Freak Nick. Yeah, yeah. Before the post, we started the all that weak shit. What is Freak? You don't know what that is? Oh my God! So I, Freak Nick is amazing. So I've never been to Freak I keep Nick, hearing it. and I've only say it's amazing because I've I've went out of my way when I was younger to <clears throat> find like these videotapes, you know, because you could get them. And there would be like, like Freaknik videotape compilations and people who had home cameras, you know, it'd be like, to people, it was a big party, but a lot of it was basically like people like shaking ass, butt naked in the streets, just anywhere. And it was crazy. Like that's, to me, that's what that was. But I'm sure there was more positive so, things to so it. So it was like too. a VHS compilation? Yeah, that's what I would buy, but that was the freak nick that I, and that's how I learned about it. I heard about it in a record. It's like, what the hell is this? Then I would buy these Luke Freak Show movies. Uh-huh. Uh, Luke from Two Live Crew. He yeah, yeah. Luke's freak Show and stuff like that, which I is cool. I love Luke from Two Live Crew. Yeah. I would make booty music for a living, too, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, booty is a booty yeah. music. Yeah. I do, too. I really do. That's, like, I really that's do. what Jermaine Dupree was talking about um, in this, on the panel today was, yeah. was, was, was booty music. I love it, dude. That's what I used to listen to Luke in and when I wasn't supposed to, and I was like yeah. in, in like elementary school on the radio, like creeping in my bed with my headphones and my like radio. <laughs> it was like, don't stop, pop that pussy, let the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea what he was talking about, but I was like, ah! yeah. Don't stop. I used to sing stuff like that in the car with my parents, like to their embarrassment. <laughs> you know, it was just like belting out. Yeah. Don't stop. Pop that bullshit. It reminds me of what's your fantasy? Like, like yeah, yeah. Trina that comes on, she's like, lick my neck. Bump my my bump pussy, yeah, my oh, crack. No, that's Kaya. Uh, that's okay. Kaya. My neck, my back. But what's your fantasy? What else? Is uh, yeah. Oh yeah, wait, that's yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a whole. That's, nother. A, that's a dirty one. That's yeah, a, that's and then Yin Yang Twins. Bro, had I didn't pretty know dirty what that meant. Yin Yang Twins was leading the way in yeah. some dirty shit. Where do you see my dick? Yeah. <laughs> Am I playing by David Bennett? Okay. He's like, no, I'm gonna go. Yeah. Not a party for me. <laughs> like, bro, what's a pussy? Like, what? Fucking like nine years old, like. I don't know what that shit is. I would even is. turn like just normal songs into dirty songs. Like, you know that song like, I'm your Venus? I could have sworn the lyrics were, I'm your penis. I'm your penis, yeah. <laughs> I like, sort of heard that word I'm before. your vagina. Like, sitting in the backseat just shouting, I'm your penis. <laughs> yeah. You know that Gwen Stefani song, I ain't no holla back girl. Yeah. I used to think it was, I ain't no Harlem black girl. <laughs> oh my god. Forever. Also accurate. Forever. <laughs> also accurate. Like, That's yeah. Oh my gosh. So we ran into each other, huh? Oh yeah, so why are we all here at this table in uh, Atlanta on a rooftop? Well, I'm here for business, obviously uh, with BPM Supreme, working on some things for the company. And then I uh, happened to run into Nikki like as soon as I get there, mm -hmm. like pretty much start my day running into him. And I'm like, whoa, dude, what the hell are you doing here? Like, hey, <laughs> introduces me to his peeps from the company. Yeah, it's from Songlink. Songlink. Nick Merrick is the reason why I was even at the conference. Yes. Songlink. And that's a pretty cool thing they got going yeah. on. I like what they got going yeah, on. Yeah, definitely, dude. But I, um, 
I ran into you and then we've just been kind of like buddies the whole day you know and mm -hmm. kind of like you know because we didn't have people here that you yeah. know and even though he knew them they had their own agenda and, and, and things to yeah. to do so you know we kind of just kind of attacked some of these panels and checked them out and everything and then yeah, um, yeah maybe tell them how everybody else got into play because uh, yeah, you know uh, well yeah I guess mm -hmm. well Bo came into play because we both were about to have lunch yeah and Taylor Michael DJ Taylor Michael yeah. texted me and was like, dude, hit a boat. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot Bo lives in Atlanta. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, Bo knows I'm here. So I was like, let me hit him up. Yeah. And then, I thought it was next week, though. I was all pumped for you to come. And <laughs> I was literally at lunch talking to the pioneer guy who lives out here. And I was like, yeah, A3C's next weekend. Like, are you like going? And he's like, no, I'm not going to go this year. He like didn't stop me and say it was. Like, right <laughs> he's like, you're now. wrong. It's not even this week. <laughs> yeah, so. so you thought it was the next week, and it's actually right now. And then the funny part was uh, because I called you with Nikki present, you were like, Dude, you guys gotta hit me up when you come to Atlanta, yeah. and I thought that was so funny because we were already here. You're like, how about five minutes? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? You know, so yeah. yeah. So that's how uh, that's how we ended up uh, touching base with Bo and getting that address. Uh, we thought we were a lot closer than you are uh, time wise, so I'm glad we did not. Leave. Yeah. Right we were, now, though, it's yeah, we would have been screwed. Yeah. Right now, oh yeah, with the traffic being. Yeah. Yeah. No, traffic yeah, but we had to get back. Country, really. I mean. Yeah, but it was funny because we were thinking about going and coming back to the conference. We would have just fucked up the whole rest of the conference up. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we came now so we could have. A yeah, drink that's great. And we got out, drinks yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So but, introduce yeah. everyone else. Absolutely. How did, how so did they, how did they wind up here? Well, uh, fortunately, I ran into Anno Domini. Yeah, I'm playing. Well, I knew that he was. Yeah. I knew that he was uh, a speaker on the conference. Um, I saw him when I was scrolling through the uh, lineup on the on the app on the A3C app. I saw that he was uh, that, that he was there, and I mean, I go me personally, I go way back with him. He is one of my favorite producers of all time. He is very inspirational to everything that I've been doing. Literally, the first music I made was on his beats. I know he thinks it was illegally, but I told that as a <laughs> it was a joke. I used to pay for his beats. <laughs> uh, he was the first person on in, in the space, in, in, in on the online space for kids like me that were able to afford uh, tagless beats and um, and get them at an affordable price to get a lease. And the first time I even learned about what a lease was and, and buying exclusive rights to things. So um, years later, we met at uh, the studio Sound Clip with Chris Dermeyer, and they actually are from Munich together, from Germany together. So it was just a, such a small world. He ended up coming over to my listening party and then you remember we made a uh, I made a song called Barriers featuring TQ um, from LA um, with TQ, his beat like West Side yeah TQ. yeah so I, I wrote this song and didn't it didn't it win an award of some sort it did yeah it won an award for the, um, in the, in the independent song awards yeah yeah so it was just such a cool like full circle small small um, world type of thing and we got to meet and so he I got to meet him and then Jay Pat's is right now my like we I met him through uh, uh, the BattleBot in San Diego, put on by DJ Artistic, one of the coolest events um, that you know you'll go through in San Diego. And he was I was actually there supporting um, my the producer of Faded, Warren Curtis, 
Dotty Music, and they got he got to the finals with him. Jay Pats was this this badass dude that didn't have many people in the crowd there to see him, but but he was taking the whole competition because everyone was like just feeling his he his beats were just bumping so hard, and um, and they ended up. Uh, going like a few extra rounds and I went up to him and introduced myself I'm like we got to make some music so we actually got four songs coming out on an EP together we don't uh, it's a working title but um, you know hard-hitting West Coast bangers and I can't wait to put this out so that's Jay Pats and he's actually performing on Saturday um, and so two of my favorite producers at the same table with with Raj and Bo I mean I can't you know it doesn't get better than this here in Atlanta in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's really crazy. Let's be together. Yes, sir. Salud. Yeah. It's so crazy how it happens. That's cheers. I don't I'm mm. out of beer. They're <laughs> cheers in when I'm out of Yo, beer. Pop them a beer. But, like 19 more. You want a Modelo? Yeah, I think I'll do that. It's the easiest Just to cheers open. Cheers me a Subway or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll whip out <laughs> another sandwich. Chicken teriyaki. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, um, I got the sandwiches in a bag. There you go. I got the bag. I, I got the, the sandwich bag. in a yeah. bag. Mm. I got the I sandwich in a bag. I got I to gotta put it into the right cadence. I got the sandwich in a bag. What's your favorite stuff right now? What are you listening to? My favorite shit? What are you listening to? Podcast of people talking. Really? You like podcasts? <laughs> no, the, yeah, I really do. Uh, the It's so funny. Like, the more in the industry, I guess, I get, the deeper in, the, the less I listen until I have to. And people are like, can you play this song? And I'm like, yeah, I got that. And then I'll just, like, download it. And then, like, uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's a nice song, you know? But, like, I'm like, I, I kind of, I, it's hard. It, it's so much of the stuff I don't particularly enjoy right now. And uh, because I don't, I don't really, you know, try to stay up on it. I mean, it'll find me if I need to play it. Cause, and you know, if people don't request it, and I still kill it in that night, and everybody's dancing, then how hot of a song is it? You know. So I put it like that. There's a lot of songs that are hot that I never play, and then it goes and runs its course, mm-hmm. and no one missed it. You know, the whole time, no one fucking missed it. <laughs> so, anyways, that's how I feel I about the music. I feel like not to hate. I love current music, but I feel like so much of it isn't timeless anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the shelf yeah. life shelf life is definitely not as long. Uh, I don't know if we'll be playing these songs, you know, like, you know, 30 years from now. Uh, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what's up, but it all you know half of this stuff is about whether or not it ties to people's memories, and that's what makes the songs timeless. So there are people that are like you know knocking boots for the first time to like Migos T-shirt or something, you know, and it's like that's gonna be all right to them forever, you know. I think that um, what's that girl? She's real good. She's a different Sony. kind of pop star. No, sweetie. The girl that was like on concert where that bombing was or whatever. The what? Oh, Ariana Grande. She's great. Yeah, dude. She's, she's a pretty legit standout pop star. Though. Oh yeah, she's she's here to stay. I yeah. mean, I, there, there, I believe in her. She is here to stay. Good. good there's a lot of her great, vocals are great. Her writers are great. I like mm-hmm. a lot of her songs. They're powerful. They have meaning and emotion. Mm-hmm. Emotion is lacking so much in songs today. There's, That's I think what it is. Yeah. is. There's no emotion. That's it. It's great. There's, there's great artists today. There's and that brings us to Eminem's new CD. <laughs> what do you guys think about it? <laughs> well, there's great artists today, but no, no, no. What, what the thing, what the thing is, is, is mindset, and the mindset today is, uh, is different because what the mindset. It was, and especially in in my genre in hip hop, was always impact. Who are you impacting the most, and how are you impacting them? Now it's it's more for a check. 
it just is and it's not it's not a jab at anybody it's just what it is if you go into the label artists the label artists are taking the bag at the club instead of taking the bag at the small venue so if they go to the small venue they learn how to get up their experience on, on a stage and how to perform but instead they go to the club lip sync a song or two collect 20 grand instead of getting the five grand from the music venue so these things are going on and you're you're selling labels are selling because labels don't have as much juice anymore so they have to grab onto these instagrammers and twitter and famous twitter people and pretty much you're getting famous you're getting people that are really good at marketing themselves instead of yeah. people that are really good at making impactful music and there's no <clears throat> that's not a, like a bitter thing i think that the there's truth. no there's also no artist development anymore these days i'd like to hear ad's take on that because yeah. you know you got guys and they're going and getting shot up or killed or overdosed and all this shit because they don't know how to act like a human after you get them out of their bad circumstance it's time to say hey okay look you're about to have money now your life doesn't have to be terrible anymore you know you could still rap about your terrible experiences you know but you don't have to live that life anymore and you should probably start transitioning out of it you know um, and uh, so it's that reason that we have you know they, they just let these kids be themselves amplified with amount of money to buy a million Xanax pills and you know drink you know lean all day and stuff like that but no one's telling them no there's nobody in the industry to tell these guys no anymore you know and and even in radio I've met some people some personal experiences at a radio station and I heard some like behind the scenes stuff and they're like I was like wow first of all I can't believe that you make you've made it this far with only like this little you know, I got a mic and that's it nothing else you know and it's this is the one on the radio this isn't retreated this isn't remastered this is the one on the radio and you got people like you know that that, that have invested and bought and you know learned and went to school and all this stuff so it's really interesting the rawness of it I like the rawness and stuff to a point but they don't refine them when it comes to them being human beings and I think you have to develop the artist if you want to make money off of them for the long run yeah, otherwise absolutely. it's irresponsible because they're just using up these kids lives and basically letting them kill themselves they're day trading die. it's also I think like the, the kids whoever these artists are I don't want to say names because I love those kids but like they don't surround themselves with the right people at points you know and like sometimes you'll see even in those videos or interviews like one of them will be fucked up and like none of their friends are there like being like yo you need to not do this interview right now because you fucked up and like like you need to go home lie in bed and drink water and none of them are doing that shit for them they let in them like that's real make a fool of themselves or push it too far not once but a lot of nights in a row or yeah every weekend or whatever it is that falls on the label though because the label's got the people that are managing them the label's got the people that are the label has the people that are uh, taking these people around to the different cities you know booking their flights and stuff like that so it's really on the labels you know to really be responsible for these artists and they're not Mm -hmm. well I think everything today is so consumable and everyone has such a short-sighted view so nowadays it's not so much about what can the label do for the artist it's more what can the artist bring to the label how are they going to impact our next quarter how much money are they going to make us how can we leverage off their social media following stuff like that it used to be that the label they would find raw talent they would bring them in they would surround them with the right people get them in the studio give them all the support that they need but now it's all about finding ready-made artists where you literally just have to funnel a bunch of marketing dollars into them and like reap the rewards. Yeah. So all this like sort of short-term thinking, which is kind of destroying in a way, like like you said, the emotion and music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all just about like what's hit like 
right now that we can capitalize on. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not about who can we develop and then create like mm-hmm. a lasting artist. Either. Right, exactly. Which is which is irresponsible. Yeah. It's irresponsible because yeah. they're dying. You know what I mean? And not only are they dying, but think of all of the people you don't hear about because they're not famous, you know? And then they died because they lived that life mm-hmm. of the rapper. I mean, back in the day, people were like, okay, if it was harder than weed or alcohol, our rappers just sold it. They didn't brag about really doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like our rappers was like, oh, I'm going to get fucked up on some, you know, I'm going to drink gin and juice. You know, I'm going to smoke weed. I'm going to smoke the best weed. You know, none of that shit will kill you. Now everybody's like, I'm gonna drink lean. Yeah. Till you, you know, know till I'm found in bed. Yeah. Dead. Well, reading you know. the, reading this book, uh, this L.A. Reid book, which is a, I recommend this book, uh, L.A. Reid's biography and, or autobiography. I gotta go and, get some food. I'll yeah, be yeah, back. Man, go ahead. Um, one thing that that used to happen, you know, you see it the whole way through in the book. He doesn't even say it. Just the, just the idea of like what you're reading in the book is that each star that he found throughout the years, they always had one thing in common. They came into the office. They performed for him, and if he liked them, he signed them on the spot and changed their lives. From TLC to Usher to you know, Neo, you know, to Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber was actually probably the last one that had to be considered an artist development team behind him. So where he came in as a raw artist, amazing, great-looking kid, young kid, and they said, look, you know what we're going to do? We're going to coach this kid on how to be a star because he's already got everything. You know, and so now they don't do that anymore. I I can tell I can tell you I've been into meetings with Interscope. I've been in meetings with some of the biggest labels, off of the music, the strength of the music. But I sat there for two seconds. They didn't ask me to perform. They didn't ask me to show the music. They told me bring up my Instagram, bring up my Twitter. As soon as I brought that up, I got a kick in the ass out the door with a hey man, yeah, you know what, man, just keep working, you know. And it's one of those things like yo, can I just show you what I got? No, not anymore. So that's one of those things that has an artist like me to where my strength is in my music abilities because that's what I love. Now, I'm not saying that anything else is wrong because we're in 2018, you got to adapt, right? And I'm teaching myself and and learning every day to, to adapt. And so I really respect a lot of people that are really naturally good at marketing. I'm not naturally good at marketing. But you're getting kids that are getting um, quicker opportunities because they're really good at marketing themselves. Yeah. They're really Instead good at of the people themselves. that are just... But you, you know what, really you good lo- at music. What, you, what you lost? What you lost is yeah. being 15, you know? That's what you lost. And yeah. that's what a lot of people, if you're watching this or if you're mm-hmm. just, you know... Um, uh, listening to this, you know, if you're not 15 years old, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have the whole school of kids. So think about dropping a a, a, a tune core track right now. Yeah. And you have swag or whatnot, and you're in your high school, right? You immediately, when you drop that track, have thousands of plays. Let alone the ones that like right, you for yeah, sure. Yeah. And now they want to listen to you like every day, all day, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have immediately getting thousands and thousands of plays, and now you know you can it, it spreads to the next high school right or whatnot mm-hmm. and you're right. if you really hustle hard yep. it's in the next high school boom then you look at the plays plays and it's like god damn these kids have a million plays let's sign them you know and it's true yeah. i mean it, it is but you the community and the togetherness goes away as you get older you know people start having uh kids settling down they don't want to go out anymore go to the clubs anymore all of a sudden your network is just falling off like leaves on a tree yeah you know because uh you, you they're using they're losing their youth uh for various reasons you know be it family be it be it you know life be it they're they made too many bad choices when they're young and now they're trying not to drink mm-hmm. you know so our network 
as we get older, provided you're not, you know, you're if you're not fortunate enough to be in the industry, you know, it, it, it shrinks as opposed to getting bigger. Yeah. And I think that's part of why it's harder to grow your Instagram and stuff as a, as an older person uh, versus a, a younger person. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Um, I, I question for, for Adrian is, uh, you, know, you represent, um, you know, some of the, some of the best producers. Do you, or did you find them or do you find them based on, on what? And what are some of the things that you look for? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, actually. Mm -hmm. And the way that I source all of my producers is the same way. I always look for people that I already have an established working relationship with. Yeah. I made the mistake in the past of hiring producers just because I thought their beats were dope. Mm -hmm. But then, as the years progressed, you realize they might not be uh, hardworking. They mm -hmm. might have a really shitty work ethic. They might be rude to customers. They might have a huge ego. Mm -hmm. And those are things like you can't afford to have if you want to have a congenial team that works. Yeah. For for us, we have eleven producers. So if we had a couple of big egos on the team, we just wanted to do their own thing. It would just the whole thing would implode. Mm -hmm. So I kind of learned the hard way in a sense that the way to grow a team and to hire producers is to uh, work with them for a while, fan out the good ones. You know, the ones who are hardworking, the ones who are humble. That's very important too. Always stay humble. The ones who are kind, generous, all those things. Because it's just as important as a musical output at the end of the day. Absolutely. I love that. That's that's something that I feel like is an underrated uh, talking point when it comes to connecting in this industry. The industry, like you guys all understand, and especially going into the LA market, I go to some events there and I realize how small the small the world is. It's like, oh my God, like I know this, yeah, you know what I mean? I've seen people here at the A3C conference that I've seen in LA a hundred times. And I said, like, oh my God, yeah, okay. And the, my, the point I'm trying to make is that like kindness and and being cordial with people and just being a good hang <laughs> you know tj miller says it in uh i think i forget what movie it is and he's like what he's like what do you look for in an opener he's like someone who's just a good hang <laughs> you know and it's a lot of times it's like dude are you a nice guy you like nice to be around you know or you know and a lot of times where people shoot themselves in the foot in this industry is that they're just shitty to be around yeah you guys agree with that absolutely yeah yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you don't call those people back. You know, yeah. those people are the hard, to, the difficult to hang out ones are the ones that might cause you trouble in a club. You're not going to invite them to the club because then you will never play that club again if they write <laughs> yeah. on the wall with graffiti right. or, you know, uh, uh, you know, punch the, the bouncer, you know. Mm -hmm. Those people will kill your career before it starts. Yeah. And it's good if people can recognize that. Yeah. Again, it's... the. And it'll, I'll take this back to what we had uh, a conversation about with, uh, with earlier in the conversation with the, the people that are ungroomed artists getting signed is all their team gets to come with them. You yeah. know, like there's no one again telling them no as well. So that guy who will punch the bouncer that you as an independent artist is like, oh, no, I can't bring, you know, Bill to the club. Bill's fucking crazy. Uh, uh, that is, uh, uh, that is... That is part of uh, what's missing now. So yeah. those guys, the guy who will punch a bouncer in the face is the people that are included in their radio promotion tours, you know, and right. are traveling with them and exactly, causing them yeah. problems and getting in fights, you know. Again, it's about being sustainable, so true. you know. Yeah. That sort of uh, long-term thinking instead of short-term thinking. Um, if you, if you want to act like an asshole and like uh, be a dick to one customer or whatever or to the club promoter, 
then you might not be hired back. You might never see that customer again. Who could have been a lifelong customer of course, you know? Mm -hmm. Who could have been a lifelong um, proponent for your music and a champion of what you do. Yeah. So if, you, if you're not thinking in terms of like, what, what are the long-term repercussions of my decisions right now, then your career in the music industry can be pretty short-lived. Mm -hmm. So true. One of the things I, uh, I was talking to, you know Beto, Beto Perez? Yeah, yeah. Shout San out to Diego. Beto. Yeah, big, big huge shout out to Beto Perez. Um, one of the things he said to me, I went to a, because uh, I'm from the Bay, right? And before that, I'm from Boston. So like, it doesn't get, and I'm Italian. So it doesn't get hungrier than that. Like as somebody who wants to just like bombard a situation and be like, check me out, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Because a lot of times like I'm just, a lot of in people in my position, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to get to a point where I can live my life and do what I love. So a lot of times people get too hungry. And I remember I'm sitting into the uh, Frankie J uh, music video shoot, right? And um, Beto had his arm around me and he was kind of like introducing me and he kind of could tell that I was like a little bit too, yeah, check, you do this. And, and, and he kind of cordially and, and patiently said to me, listen, sometimes you gotta just hang out and coexist and exist. And I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I know, like, I gotta act like I've been here before. I gotta act like I belong here. I'm chilling, I'm not going anywhere. And so from that point, like it was like a big learning lesson to, for me you know, I think it's so, so important to just be able to create relationships and trust that that relationship will grow and not have to just throw so much shit down that person's throat. Like, I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. Or, please, can you help me with this and can you help me with that? So, like, that's such an important thing, I feel, for an artist in my position and, and anyone. Yeah, but planting the seeds, right? Planting the seeds, yeah. But at the same time, just moving with people, you know, being being genuine, you know? Yeah. Bye. Like, Alright, homie, honestly, recently, like, what's the biggest thing you've learned from being in the music industry? And I was, this is exactly what I said. I was like, honestly, just understanding your place and showing your face at, like, yeah. when you meet someone, don't tell them to listen to your shit or be like, yo, check me out. Be like, cool, like, it was nice meeting you. And then you see them, put yourself in the same network, and then you see them two, three, four times. Then you get into talking and it's like, oh, cool, like, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. But, like, just talk about normal, cool shit. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, you're either a cool person or you're not. And be like, okay, I'm, like, I'm excited to talk to him next time I see him or whatever. You weren't even it's in like, the conference today with the with um, Songlink and the guys, and that's exactly what they said. Yeah. That's exactly what the journalist said. It's, it's funny because, yeah. like, the same thing applies to marketing and stuff in this digital age you know so many producers and artists they hit me up and they say what am i doing wrong you know i'm, I'm blasting out my music every single day but like nobody's checking me out yeah and i'm like well don't ram it down people's throats you know you you need to create a relationship with people before they are interested in what you have to say yeah like provide value ask questions engage them comment on their stuff yeah and then they'll reciprocate and they'll come to you exactly but if you're every day just like uh you know hard selling people that shit is gonna get played out and people are gonna start tuning out it's what annoying. you yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. 1,000% agree. But honestly, like, I would think for producers, like, the best thing you could do is just find a producer you look up to and maybe reach out to them and offer something. But when you write that message to them, don't ask them for anything. You should be being like, I really like whatever single you did, blah, blah, blah. I'm, introduce yourself and then, like, Tell them what you can offer them, but don't ask for shit, you know, like, yeah. they, they don't owe you shit, they're already successful, they don't have to help you, like, <laughs>
This guy's chill. You know what it's, I think? Oh, I'm sorry. Right, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say really, uh, just a quick thing is about for a producer. I think for an up and coming producer, not you guys are like established yourselves, and 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 um, yeah. but for like someone who just starts to produce, I feel like a really important thing. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I but from a rapper's perspective, I feel like such an important thing that uh, yeah. that producers don't realize is that I think the number one thing that they need to do as far as you know perfecting their craft and, and working on their craft and getting better and better each day but finding someone in your city like a, like a rapper or a singer someone yeah. to produce for yep. and just believe in and then yeah. move with and yeah. it's like I think that's is that what do you guys think that team thing yeah. is very very yeah. big uh, you know and even now I mean you saw today at the, the live beat making session with Manny Fresh I mean I don't know how long that guy's been working with him probably not his whole career obviously but like mm -hmm. you know you gotta have like a lot of people have right hand men and yeah. people behind the scenes that you won't even know right because maybe they're not even listed as a producer on the track but there's so many hands sometimes that are part of the project that you wouldn't even know so yeah, a team is important to succeeding uh, no matter who you are and that's part of why people struggle a lot of the times yeah. especially in the dj world you know you're like oh this dj's so big and stuff you know but then you know once you start meeting all these you know big djs quote unquote you know they, you see oh shit like they got a fucking team behind them. they got managers you know they got a road manager sometimes you know things of that nature and it's like well yeah that's how it, it works once you reach that level so i mean you can't feel bad at yourself for for not being to a certain level but try to figure out behind the scenes what's going on you know like introduce yourself to those people like you said reach out and say hey what's up da 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 yeah. you know try to build a personal relationship with them but then once you get your eyes there and you see behind the curtain you'll see a man like oh look at this guy like oh damn right? like, look at these acts like okay this these are for my four favorite djs and they're all managed by like, the same dude you know yeah it's like oh <laughs> shit okay so there's now a machine so these next people can pop into the machine you know if they make good shit you know and and they're all touring the world and it seems like it happened out of nowhere and it's just like oh this is this guy and he's just huge too you know but it comes from somewhere and a lot of times it comes from networking you know uh, and then obviously you have to kind of be able to produce or have some kind of appearance of the ability to produce if you want to you know, yeah. present that on a DJ type of uh, producer DJ type of field. Definitely. Yeah, I have to say like the, the hardest lesson I probably learned as an artist is the importance of growing a team and the importance of outsourcing because you can't wear every hat. You know, as an independent artist, there's so many different roles you have to be. You have to be a marketer, you have to be a producer, you have to be a mixing engineer, you have to be your own hype man, you gotta... You <laughs> yeah. know, there's just so many different things you have to do. You have to post on social media, make emails, build a website. And at the end of the day, you, Distribute can't, it. you can't be perfect at everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you can't spend so much time to learn everything. So you have to learn to outsource. And uh, huh? oh for me, I, I mean, I quickly realized, even from an output perspective, <laughs> if I wanted to create regular content, which is important, I couldn't do that myself. You know, I can't, I don't have the time to make beats every single day necessarily. So that's why I grew a yeah, team in right. the first place. That's why we have several producers under the same brand name. Yeah. And it just helped so much in how we grew our business because it meant we, we were omnipresent. You know, every day there was yeah. new stuff coming out. And people were, we knew that, so they were checking every day to see what was new. And if it was just me, I might be throwing something out. No, like and, and your content, your, um, how often you guys putting out content was huge because it was in a it was in a time where and you continued to do it but it was especially back then uh it was in a time where a lot of people were focusing on something and then and then putting it out 
maybe every three, four months. And you guys separated yourself by literally dropping a beat every day. And it, and it was from someone on, on, on a Domini Beats. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the thinking was that artists are seeking, you know this, yeah. you know, artists seeking fresh material all the time. All the they time. want to be inspired, they mm -hmm. want to create, they don't yeah. want to wait around. So if you're not going to satisfy that itch, they're going to go somewhere else to satisfy it. That's why people stuck around with you guys, because you had constant exactly. material. Yeah, that's, that's why we had that, that was sort of close connection and yeah. why people were sort of hung on to us, because they knew we would supply them with what they needed. It's absolutely true. That's why I stuck, that's why I was in there, because I could, t I, I knew as an artist, I was going to be able to get a new beat every day. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I was feeling that one. I'll get one tomorrow. Exactly. You know? And the other thing that ties in with that, so many people will hate me for saying this, but like a big growth strategy for us was giving out free music. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate because yeah. we, we just basically gave people a taste of what they wanted, like yeah. a low quality MP3 tag file or whatever, and mm -hmm. it was enough for them to record a track and a demo out and stuff Absolutely. like that. And so many other pro producers were overprotective of their music. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like, why would I give out free music? You know, I'm, I'm not going to work for free and all this stuff. But that's not the thinking behind it. Yeah. The thinking is you satisfy that itch, you create long term customers because they come back to you once they realize, like, oh, I, this, this track sounds great. I want to license it. Completely. Completely agree. That's the, the most success I've had with music is when I was doing the, the uh, weekly releases. The first one was called Crescendo, the latest one was called Alto. And it literally was just three months of weekly, a weekly song. Thanks, bro. And it was a song every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on the button. I uploaded it, um, scheduled it, boom, and dropped it every Wednesday at 5 p.m. And that's when I saw the most. And it was free. Didn't matter. And a lot of people on my team were like, man, why are you giving so much music away for free? This is like going on like 40 songs for free. Mm -hmm. But what it was doing was, was, that, was putting fire in that fan base. And people were like knowing that not even their favorite artist at the time is putting out as much material as I am. So you're putting, I'm, I'm telling, three months of constant weekly songs, you know, and like that, it was, yeah. you know, I was probably truly directly inspired from, from your output because I think that constant output, especially today, and it's been like that for a while, is so important. It's so important for, like, how oversaturated the market is right now. So if you're just, boom, more, and, and if they're quality songs, people are gonna come back again and again because they can trust it, they can trust your output. So let me, let me uh, ask a question to, let me ask a question to AD here because mm -hmm. you have an awesome set, huh? This guy's a legend in the beat leasing. Game. Hey, yes. <laughs> you, you are a legend in the beat, beat leasing game and the beat, so, but here's the thing, I have a question because what I wanna know is, how do you react to the market? Do you just continue to just do your own thing at your own pace? Because now, I mean, Splice, I gotta ask you, man, because Splice is, came out of nowhere and they fucking came out of nowhere and they have a rocket to ship on their back, you know, at, at, out of nowhere. And they have a really interesting platform and I just wanna know your take on how you as a company adapt to, um, that company in particular, because that's gotta be your biggest competition. Well, with the kid stuff, the same with the beat game, the same with everything else I do, if the market moves left, then I move right. And the reason I do that is because once everybody starts funneling into an established marketplace, it becomes oversaturated, and you're just one out of a million guys doing the same thing. As a producer, you might be selling a MP3 license for 19.99, and there'll be like a million other guys doing the same thing. <laughs> 
So I always try and see what the options are to, to repackage, to repurpose, to create my own market space. So when, when producers were selling the licenses, you know, which we helped to pioneer back in like the early 2000s or whatever, I started saying, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to package up all my beats into beat packages and sell those instead. Um, and then when producers started doing that, I was like, okay, so let's do a subscription service. Let's charge people a monthly fee and they get X amount of beats. And every single time that we moved into a new market space, we were the only person there. So we literally had like, we had the entire market to ourselves, you know, and we capitalized upon that. Um, and again, it's, it's just like a cyclical fashion, like people keep following you around, so you just keep the market moving and it it's, keeps things fresh, it keeps things innovative. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're the first to move, then you, you can capitalize upon all of that. Because for other artists as well, they get, um, they get tired of the same offers, the same like uh, output and stuff like that. So if you're offering them something they haven't seen before, they jump on that because they feel like it's exciting, it's new. Yeah. And it's a win-win situation because the artists are getting something extremely valuable. For example, let's say like a big package of beats for a low price. You know, mm -hmm. we did like the Black Friday yeah, packages, yeah. stuff yeah, like because that. Because you're always doing those giveaways and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and then for the, for the producer, from our point of view, it's awesome because we get a ton of sales. So the artists are happy, we're happy, and also the industry is moving forward because we're trying something new and doing something different. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I feel like, you know, never stand still, always like try innovating, try something new. Don't just look at what everyone else is doing and copy them, but think what works, what could I, what, what could I do better, how could I change the game instead of playing the game. Yeah, nice. Change the game instead of play the game. I think that might be quote of the uh, podcast for tonight, but yeah. that's definitely uh, up there. I like that. I want to say uh, about... I know. 58 minutes in. <laughs> really? Doesn't feel that. Yeah, no, I just wanted to kind of remind myself and say it out loud. So I, okay. Well, I want to that's, say about... That's, that's a cool sound bite. <laughs> that is. I want to say about Ano, um, they were doing um, things like contests uh, very early on. So like, and I feel like the game followed suit to Team Backpack and a couple of other people in that space to where they were providing opportunity for an artist to submit something and then everyone would tune in and and vote on the winner you know and they would like pretty much announce three winners and they would all get something cool and the first prize winner would get like the whole complete you know catalog of beats that you know what i mean were you do you feel like maybe you were one of the first people to start doing contests like that on the on the, on the space uh, I, I don't like to take credit for stuff like that i'm yeah. sure i wasn't the first person to ever think of doing a contest for artists so but maybe you know but like in the in the production market space we always try and innovate and yeah. try new things and try to be the first to do something mm -hmm. but the very first the first to do something on a big scale and do it right yeah um, you know what they say about pioneers sometimes they're just the guys with the arrows on their back so that does happen sometimes we try things and they fail <laughs> yeah you know, I, like cool. that. I like that I like that there's another takeaway <laughs> one minute later one minute later this guy, he's, hey, he's gonna have takeaways all night all night <laughs> um, yeah so th there's that part of it too but again I, I feel like the risk is worth the reward you know you, you just try things and then if they succeed then you get the entire market space for yourself because no one else is there yeah makes sense Oh yeah. Yo. <laughs> you guys said it all. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's cool. What are you? What are you looking to mostly do at the A3C? What? Uh, I'm gonna go around the table here. So, what are your most? Uh, what do you want to accomplish? Start with Jay. Start over here. What do you want to accomplish most from A3C? And then we'll go around the 
it sounds so cliche and lame, but just cold hard networking. Like I've come to realize that's just the most important thing. Like be cool and then meet people and keep up relationships. Maybe hit them up every two months, three months, and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" Blah blah blah. And like I think like I've just come to understanding that. Music is a long game. You're not going to get short-term success, and if you do, you're not going to last long. So, you got to think long-term. And for me, I think marketing and relations, or networking and relationships, are some of the most important things. Because you could have five beats, but if you don't know anyone and you're not cool with people, those beats aren't going anywhere. Those are just as good as having shit beats, you know. <laughs> Straight up. 61 minutes. <laughs> um, I'm just here to do podcasts and drink beers. Dope, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. 61 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, no, for real. I'm, I'm here God, because... that's eerie because you guys are right. It's like one hour, one, one hour, one minute, 20 seconds when you said that. Really? He said one hour, one minute, and it was... Like Sweet. that's hilarious. You guys are like time. Well, we're, we have to pay attention pinch of the tempo a lot, so. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Scary, scarily accurate. Scary. Uh, no, I mean the main reason I'm here is just to show face, to meet artists, meet producers. Like you say, I feel like networking is important, and as a producer, sometimes it gets moved into the background because we're not the guys who are up on stage like you are. We're not um, on the radio, on TV, whatever. Um, so, for us, like the branding aspect is more like acoustically and also meeting the right artists that we can work with mm -hmm. and that's what a platform like a3c delivers you can meet artists from all over from not just nationally but internationally you know today i met guys from, from luxembourg from france germany and mm -hmm. it's just cool to often get to meet people that maybe you've been talking to online for the longest time but <laughs> nothing beats actually like being face to face with somebody yeah. to to chat and to actually get a project going right yeah that goes back to thing that is crazy because I'm in a thing called B Club or now Music Entrepreneur Club shameless plug to Kato <laughs> um, but I just joined that because he like helps producers like get on and learn the business and shit and through that I've built relationships with like a ton of dope producers through that and I've never met some of these cats before and I've known them for over a year like through online and like one of them stayed with me last night at the Airbnb. It's like first time meeting and like, I felt like I knew the kid for fucking 10 years, you know? And it was just like such a crazy dope experience. Like just getting that. It's awesome. That crazy, like, like you're saying, just knowing someone online. And like, you yeah. actually kind of know them nowadays with technology. Yeah. Nikki, what do you hope to get? Um, I from the A3C com. A little background here. Nikki just signed the Capitol Records, so you got hey. Thanks, man. So you got like some stuff bubbling up here, man. And congratulations on that. It's Thank well you. deserved. And I just you know, it's cool also because it's probably like I know you now better than ever because we've only like kind of like we bonded so dude, far. Dude, yeah, today. I know. It's like today is the day. Actually, <laughs> yeah. this is like the day that we'll the live one. in infamy <laughs> yeah. as the day that we became real friends. One thousand percent. And the day that that you guys got Little Caesars pizza. No, it's not even Little Caesars. Oh, Bo is back with Bo's pizza. Back with Little Caesars. You see, yeah. that, that he had to beat my subway out of the backpack <laughs> routine. 
and he came back with pizzas. So yeah, uh, so anyways, you have all these cool accomplishments. Thanks, man. And, uh, and you're well-deserved. And what do you want out of A3C? I want to um, obviously soak in as much knowledge as possible. But I think the number one thing I want, because what, I, what I've recognized uh, from being in a couple of panels today is that, um, you know, not to be like, all right, take this with a grain of salt, not to be like arrogant or anything like that, but you know when you kind of graduate into a different class? Okay, remember like a video game, you either play novice, intermediate, or expert? Level up. So like I'm not novice anymore. So like when I go into a panel and they're asking novice questions, I, I kind of check out. I'm like, oh, I know the I know the answers to these. Like I, I want to talk to the crowd here. Like let me tell I, I know the answers to these. And then like you go to the intermediate one and you're like, okay, so I can hang here. I want to go to these the expert ones. I want to see the Jermaine Dupree's, the masterpiece, the Wyclefs. I need to soak in knowledge from from Ano, from people like from like you guys who have like have these accolades that I'm able to learn from and hear like I like hearing the stories like when we were watching Jermaine Dupree today yeah the best part was like when he was just telling the story of like the come up yeah and I think what I want to find most importantly is in myself and moving into LA moving into a bigger market it's it's, it's exciting but still what's the most important thing for me is to find the space that I need to fill the problem that I need to solve because I don't want to just be a run-of-the-mill artist. I want to. I I want to be huge. I want mm-hmm. to be. I want to be as impactful as possible. I, I want to talk to the world if I can. And if I can do that, what I need to do is I need to fill a space that, in a, like what he was saying, they go left, he goes right. I want to find what space I need to fill. And I think that's been my my goal for a while now. Is what is it in that I have that is going to separate myself, and what is it? what is the space that I can figure out in my identity that doesn't exist and that I can fill and, and, and maybe be, become that artist I've always wanted to become. So maybe to, maybe this week I can, you know, find the, the, whether it's the speech or the conversation that is going to resonate with me that will help me to find that. Well, I hope it's from this podcast. <laughs> 70 minutes. Uh, <laughs> How often am I? One hour and six minutes. You'll get that shit though because you grind like you all right you're so young and you've already released so much shit you know and like i knew about you way before you met so like for you to come up to me and then be like yo i fuck with your shit is crazy because i fucked with your shit before i even knew you played hella cool though yeah you didn't tell me that but that's the shit that's what i'm saying just be cool as shit yeah no for sure don't front and that's dope be some shit you're not and you were you were thank you man for saying that but you were so cool jay pass was so cool when i first met him because his beats were banging i'm talking about the club was was just was just shaking and everyone was oh my god this guy's sound is his drums were just crisp and and his beats were just original and unique and and refreshing and i went up to him and i was like Fuck, I hope he I hope he messes with me, man. I hope he fucks with me. And I was like, hey man, how you doing? He's like, I think I heard of you. I'm like, dope, let's work. And yeah. you know, we saw each other and, I, and then I started seeing him everywhere. He was at every conference in LA that I would go to, every whatever it was. And he was not only was he there, but like he was buddy buddy with like the top heads there. And it was just like, damn, this guy's out here. So, you know, we got that's why I'm so excited to be working with this guy. We literally what did we how 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 long did we really spend on four tracks bro it's been no time you know we go it's, over there we have a little bit of fucking uh we told cognac yeah we told and we have some oh thank god the end came i didn't know what you're we have a little we over there we have a little bit of coat <laughs> where is this going <laughs> a lot of 
lot of ways. Cognac, okay. okay. <laughs> we have some cognac and we have some, uh, what are those Greek? Oh, falafels. <laughs> we have some falafels. Mediterranean. Well, that's, a, that's a wholesome time. That's good. Uh-huh. And we get after it and we, and we write songs and we create songs together quick because it's such a great environment. Oh, it's, it's a great working environment. Quick. Yeah. It's shocking. Like, yeah. Like, and we have fun. You write crazy too, like good shit quickly. It's on the it's spot. Me. Like. <laughs> It's, that's so get a room. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jake Pats. Hey, you gotta show respect yeah, to man. the cats. Likewise, man. Uh, Likewise. That's why uh, I can't wait for this. Few, we're, few, we're all a few beers in here, so. Well, the, maybe this could no be the soundbite. Maybe this could be the soundbite to introduce the EP. <laughs> <laughs> really? What do you got here? Hawaiian pizza? Bo is back, and he has brought some pizza. Some za, bro. I thought it was off cheese. Hey. Bo, Thanks, how do you like your pizza? Right. It's alright. It's, it's not right. the best pizza I've ever had. Nikki brought me pizza once. I'm just returning the favor. Not in New York. Thanks, bud. Really? Yeah, you remember that? You did. You brought me like eight of them, but it wasn't just. For this me. is subway toppings on here. Oh, I swear. Yeah. Like you got banana York, peppers, onions. You just go to any corner of fucking block, get a slice, and this is pretty good. Way better than any other city's like best. Yeah, New York. The best thing about New York is that if you're hungry, there's all, and you got a dollar mm-hmm. or something, you can eat. You know, like there's always a place open all the time. True. I'll tell you right now, Atlanta was my number, like the number, the the last in place city for me. I went. It was A3C last year, and god damn, I was so hungry after it was over. And downtown, because you think, okay, any other city downtown is like the happening shit, right? Not Atlanta. Downtown shuts the fuck down mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And I'm like, where's the food? I had I to pee real... Bro, I had to pee real bad. They are. That's what the whole legendary thing is. But they're not, not downtown. Food. Not food. Oh. No, not even the clubs. There's no clubs downtown, Harley. I see. It's all like outside. They're all in these other parts. And I didn't know that. I was like, oh, A3C's downtown. Yeah. I'm just going to walk around. Downtown's got it going on. So, Buckhead's got it going on. Right. Uh, like, but I walked around. I walked oh, around I downtown. I and it. I was like, okay, where the fuck is everything at? It's a ghost town. Mm-hmm. I, it starts to get a little weird. And then like, I'm trying That's desperately to find a restroom. I found a McDonald's that had lights on. I get to the door. Me and another poor woman was just stuck before a bathroom. <laughs> I just joined up with her. I'm like, we're just like fucking Oregon, Oregon Trail of taking a you're piss here. You're a great link-up guy. Oregon Trail of taking a piss. It's like, we're, you know, you're just gonna, gonna join me here. Hopefully we don't die on this on this journey. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I ended up uh, going to that McDonald's. They were closed. Uh, they were even though all the lights were on. I McDonald's was really was mad. I was really mad. It looked like it was on too. And there's people at the front door or whatever. And I was like, oh cool, they're open. It was just some buddies yeah, waiting for their friends to get off work. They're like, God, they're closed. I said, oh man, god damn it. So uh, yeah, it was real bad. I took an I a Uber. Find a grocery store yeah. downtown. Really? Like last, yeah. When I got in last night, yeah, I was just looking for some water to buy. Yeah. And it was, it was like a 12 minute walk. Yeah. And it took me down the shadiest street. There was yeah. like drug deals on every corner. <laughs> like, yeah. Police sirens going off. Excuse me, so you selling like, water? Shit. <laughs> uh, I got some Molly. <laughs> All right. I'll settle for the Molly. Fine. At least I won't be thirsty. Any water I can right. take away? Yeah. <laughs> Cotton malt. <laughs> So Atlanta, if you're downtown, if you ever come to Atlanta, you're downtown. There's nothing open late downtown, so you have to go outside to the other spots, which have become cooler than a city's normal downtown. Because normally downtown is where it's at, anywhere in the world, not Atlanta. Downtown is where conventions happen, and then you get out and you go somewhere where you can take a pee at night. 
<laughs> which does exist in Atlanta, but it, it is not downtown. I found it the hard way last time I was here a year ago. <laughs> Amazing. Midtown's legit. That's where we are right now. Yeah, I like Midtown. West Midtown. Yeah, this is it's nice. Midtown, it's got it's like a, a you can location. see like all of the cool parts, like the, the big the big buildings and stuff. It's a good Kitch view. Bo, what's the building, uh, the North Star again? That's the, one of the Bank of America buildings on North Ave and Peachtree. That's how you kind of navigate where you're at. Yeah, so they have a big, they, if you've never been to Atlanta, there's a big. They call it the crayon. Yeah, it looks like a crayon. Oh, it does look like a crayon. Or a pencil, maybe. Or a fire hydrant. It's just the more uh, PG version. Yeah. It's like the people who, it's like. It's like, yeah, you'll know what that building looks like. It just depends, like. You guys remember the Little Mermaid cover? Yeah. Like the, they, <laughs> oh, the Disney movies they had to change it because they were like, it's a bunch of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a castle in the background. They're like, it's a bunch of dicks. Then well, uh, it, it may or fashion. may not be. I don't know, but they changed the cover for sure. Yeah, they got some grimy shit in it in there. They do a lot of like Disney Alice movies. Alice in Wonderland, that shit's like the trippiest movie ever. Like, whoever wrote that was on some sort no, he of was. psychedelics. They were, they were like, all whatever. on acid. Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ren and Stimpy, holy shit, bro. That was what gave me that nightmares was, as a kid. That was, I loved Ren and Stimpy, dude. It made me feel weird deep down that inside. I didn't know why. Bro. I loved it. Yeah, it was it? Stimpy? You didn't see that bro. shit? No, of course. I was more on like Rocco's Modern Life at the time. Yeah, I loved <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> Mel, Mel, Melba. <laughs> Hefa. Hef, hey, Hef. <laughs> I think the most traumatic experience I have watching TV as a kid was I was watching like this Care Bears TV movie oh, it was, like four or something. <laughs> it's already like that. Bad. But for some reason they turned it into like a like a drug awareness thing. Really? And, like this little kid who had a Care Bear, her older brother like stole money from her so he could go out and buy drugs. I was like four years old watching this. I was like, shit, this is pretty dark. It was the most traumatic experience I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that's too much at four years old. Like, I yeah. didn't even know what I was watching at that point, you know? Like, yeah. was back like, to, like, understanding lyrics, dude. I don't think I did until, like, 11 years old or, like, 12. I was like, oh, okay, pussy. Now I know what that shit is. But, like, before that, I was like, bro, I don't know. I've seen, like, like, 20 of them. I know what they are. <laughs> yeah. well, I, had older, I had older brothers. <laughs> Editor's note, I'm cutting this short segment of the conversation because we started talking about an in-depth conversation on our early porn addiction habits. And therefore, I have shortened this conversation to protect the careers of the innocent. Who watched through, did like you a... watch through scrambled shit? Kids will never know what that means. No, the whole, the whole opening of American Pie is like not understandable for a generation static. of yeah, kids. Yeah, I know. You know like, like, these kids won't even understand like dial up and shit. You know, that no. was crazy. Yeah. AIM? That was some fucking crazy. Did you have an What's AIM screen name? That is not oh, having an, an AIM, AIM screen name? Yeah. I did, yeah. It wasn't really a <laughs> thing in Europe because I had so many like American friends and people I work with. Figure out how to go anywhere. What? You have to map, read a map. That was the shit. Well, it was the shit. Yeah. I was uh, B Town no, Ball of Five Eleven. Even like MySpace, yeah. like that place Fuck. died such a horrible death. But I remember oh, like yeah. back in the days, that was the first Dude. platform that I got my first placement on. Just, really? Like, hitting up an artist through MySpace. That's Wolf. Yeah. You know Wolfgang Gardner by any chance? Yeah. 
he was like my idol and he would talk to me on there i'm like this is sweet mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. But yeah myspace I was like, yeah i i, I love myspace i followed tila tequila before she became insane. whoa before yeah. she became insane i was like one of the first people dude and i was like yo like who's eight. this chick yo yeah top <laughs> eight, eight. Like top eight. Like, no i wasn't insane on her or like I, insanely no she's insane insane now. what happened like, to her she, she's like the the internet and the self dumbing down thing we were talking about yeah earlier. she had like the like, first real she does that reality like, TV show. well no one of them she was like she's just she like was, was like, she was ones. one of the first celeb famous from to the, the internet her in New York remember she New was York one of the I love New York that was she wasn't on I love New York huh she was not on I love New York no I'm saying uh at, in the space of like the reality shows oh yeah I do yeah uh, like, I love New York, York Tequila right? Tequila yeah yeah yeah. But that came from the Flavor Flav dating show. Flavor so, Flav, yeah. that's right. But yeah. but uh, but anyway, but the Tequila Tequila was the first pretty much internet celebrity chick that was just like famous because of her own hustle on social media. Oh really? I'm pretty sure she was probably one of the first because I I remember I was like, wow, this girl's amazing, and then everyone else started saying stuff. I'm like, no, dude, like I know about her way before you fucking knew about her, you know, on <laughs> MySpace. And, you know, everybody started to get on MySpace. I was a super early adopter of MySpace and, and I loved it. And then uh, I uh, wanted to get on Facebook, but it was for college people only. Uh, you had to have a college email address. And then when they opened it to public, yeah. that's when I jumped on it. So I jumped on Facebook early as well. Uh, I did not like Facebook at first because it didn't have like the window dressing of uh, of MySpace. MySpace, you could customize your page and yeah. have it look all fucking stupid. And yeah. Like fucking have your song like on there. GIFs and stuff. Like the background's moving and fucking gives have a, you. Have a song. It gets yeah. you sick. I like, remember Facebook yeah. when it was the Facebook. And the literally, Facebook. you'd log in and it would just be like a big long list of like pictures you could like click on from your really? phone. Really? And yeah, because my friend he went to MIT and they were like I think the second or third college that it was rolled out to. Wow! And he shared it with me because he wanted me to like check out his pictures and stuff like that. I was like, I don't know what this is. The Facebook, it's stupid. It's, you never, wanna, it's never gonna go anywhere. You want to <laughs> feel bad about yourself? Go back to your post in 2009 or however long ago, 2008, 2009, 2010, and and look at your statuses. I was still doing is, so like because it used to say. Uh, yeah. Nick, ill, ill Nicky, is what? It'd be like, is just the Sad. dumbest shit. Just the dumbest shit. I worked at a radio Sad station. today. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a radio station and literally my, I would date, I would daily update my status every day I went to work and it would just say in the studio. So if you looked at it in 2009, every day was in the studio, in the studio. Nice, in dude. The studio, Should in be the your studio. EPK. And now I don't even, <laughs> I don't post at all like once a month i'll post like a picture of my wife (laughs) (laughs) i'm so bad at social like right now like with me and i do a lot of stuff for the company you know Mm -hmm. so like i don't even do shit on social like it takes a long time for me to i'm trying to get better about that Uh, (laughs) yeah it's getting in charge of our our social yeah who runs the social at ppm Huh? Oh well, we have a social media person. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, so I want to do more. You do all the operations stuff, within it. Yeah, I do more of the inner workings of the company and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and like man, you know, with the team and all that stuff. And yeah. so we have team members that do everything that they need to do, including an expanded artist relations team now. So like originally, I was artist relations, and now you know they they're doing that. You know, so I pioneered that program. Yeah. 
and you know the the processes and all the under workings of what they do is like developed originally by me and refined by every team member that we add on yeah you know someone points out that hey this might be able to be done by this way and hell if it makes sense i'm the kind of person that in the management style where i like feedback so i do uh, allow change i'm not like no you must do it my way yeah. if it doesn't make sense fucking change it you know can i just say how much i respect each and every one of you man like huge like i i am no the truly is yes. truly inspired it is. by each and it every one of super you man, mutual, and, man. And, and just being able to be in the same just hanging out with you guys is is, is dope rising this night all boats brother this night should not have happened if you know you know how lucky we are yeah that this happened like really we have a rooftop right now that we're on. I have it all week too. If you guys want to come back, by all means, I'm saying, like, come back. I need some, I need to update my social. As I was saying, I want to be more sociable and post more, but I'm a little jaded because I don't post the mundane shit. I'm only post, post like, you know, like if a UFO comes in, I'll be like, oh shit, like this UFO landed, but like, it's coming? You no. Know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's not. I don't take pictures of my food really and post the meatball sandwich anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. I, I, it's boring sometimes to me to do that. But like young kids nowadays, they resonate with that stuff. They do. You have to understand that we're from like a different generation. The meatball sandwich. Exactly. They draw pictures on it. They're like, ah, oh, look at this meatball sandwich. They give them balls and stuff. <laughs> meatballs. It's so good. Oh my God. I love it. And then you vote on it. Like, yeah. Should I eat it now? Or should I wait five minutes? <laughs> like a, like an Instagram survey. Yeah. yeah exactly. okay, put, you put a poll up. Should I eat this motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hell so yeah. Like your most popular post of 2018. Dude. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Dude. Oh, man. It was so it was so tragic. My most popular post was on my Instagram stories of all year was a picture of my girlfriend's ass. <laughs> and I was drunk and it was on Fourth of July and she was she was in this beautiful white dress and I was laying on the bed taking a nap and I got up and she was trying the dress on. She was looking in the mirror, she was looking gorgeous. Wow. Can't believe this girl has sex with me. And I took a picture. <laughs> And I posted it to Instagram. It just was like, it was like the perfect view or something like that. that was Thing was viewed actually. thousands and thousands of times. <laughs> well, you posted the same caption and the same picture. It was, yeah. It was like in Ibiza, honeymoon. I love the view or something like that mm -hmm. yeah, on Instagram with my wife. You know what the second most? What was your view to like? You know what the you know post. what the second most viewed post was? Was the following one where it said, "I resent that the mo my <laughs> my most <laughs> my, my most popular post was my girlfriend's ass," and people were just cracking up. <laughs> people like what they like. Yeah, man. I, I think it's that access, having that access to people that they don't think that they can get to know. It's really cool. I mean, you know, and then not only that, the fact that these celebrities are getting to comment on people's shit. I mean, you know, that just lights the fuel of a fan for like a thousand years, you know, to just have the like button, you know, like uh, such and such like my photo. You're like, oh, my God, a track like my post, you know, or something like that. And that will resonate for that young kid for a millennium and yeah. it's really cool and we didn't have that back in that the day you'd write a fan yeah. letter and they might write back and yeah. stuff but to thousands of people like how do you do that well now you can literally if you want to have your assistant go through and you know heart all of the 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 comments you know and uh, you know, it's that that brain trigger is is now active for all of those so fans that's fans so true access to me now good job both <laughs> all three of them that well i do want to talk about this this is will be right up your alley i guess as far as branding goes i just want to highlight 
an interesting tidbit. So we were talking about. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. And now, bow, 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 bow. Scott, Scott, Scott. Saunders. <laughs> interesting tidbit. <laughs> Getting deep with Busy Bow on his interesting tidbit. <laughs> Nice. No, I just want to say. Um, He's forgot it now. I. <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is literally just a tidbit. But I would DJ at Omnia. I had a residency there. I would play, like about monthly, almost for about two years, and I didn't have my computer up. I didn't have my logo on my computer. I didn't have my name up on the wall. I didn't wear a name tag. I came up there in a black t-shirt every day. And I'm not saying that, you know, I was crushing it every time, but there was a lot of good shows. And I can, I, I honestly think, I don't, I don't think I gained a single follower from all my gigs there. <clears throat> I don't think anyone really bothered to take the time to see who the the opening act was really so I mean that just goes into to branding and not only did that happen for some reason I didn't really even care so there's my tidbit sometimes we I was just telling him I I would say of all the times I played there if you if you put that on a clock for hourly work and you made it 100%, I'd say 10 to 20% <clears throat> I was doing what I loved there in that particular spot. But during that 10 to 20% time, it was like it made it all worth it. It was like paddling out for an hour to catch one wave. It was like, okay, sweet, that was worth it. But yeah, there's no, you know, no real fan base to be had from playing there for me anyways. Right. Well, you know, that goes to, <clears throat> opening set DJing and then also you know uh, like I love using Serato not only just because I feel that with uh, the effects on board and how quick I can access them and it's just with my workflow I think that I have more of an advantage having a laptop uh, than to just be on CDJs and a thumb drive you know uh, as far as potentially uh, what I do, um, I was just talking about but followers recognizing. No, well, well, I'm just, I, I, I kind of got off on a tangent, but the 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 thing about a laptop, besides that, uh, the the technical reasons I like a laptop is because of the billboard space. So I am what DJ that has my name, my logo on the laptop. I have a light up, you know, logo laptop type thing, you know. So I mean, people see it, and a lot of people compliment me on it. They go, "Oh, what's up?" You that know, is a uh, big thing. and a lot of people do. People come up to me and say, "Oh, like, you know, like I, I wear." <clears throat> uh, sometimes I would wear a rabbit mask when I DJ. You know what I mean? Sometimes I don't. A lot of times these days I don't. But you know, the thing is that I, um, you know, people still come up to me sometimes and go, "Hey, where's the mask?" You know, or mm. what? I'm like, "Oh shit, you guys like that? Cool." You know, like. I like Noted. that you you noticed it, you know. I'm in a hole in the wall bar though, you know. You were at like one of the biggest clubs in San Diego opening set, you know, and so it's weird. I love hole in the wall bar, so that's my little tidbit is like I have been a resident at this one place uh, called the Waterfront in San Diego for over a year, you know, maybe two years now or something like that. And it's like I'm so many people actually know and remember and it seems like 
value me there. You know what I mean? And it's cool, but it's also not oh, the highest paying Italy. place. Yeah. Yeah. I think gimmicks like that can be really effective, but there needs to be a reason for them. So for me, branding, there's there's like a couple of elements to it. There's the story that you want to tell as an artist. There is uh, the message that you're conveying. What an hour and 28 minutes. One <laughs> thirty. You're oh, close. Shit. There's the message that you're conveying. There's the art, and then there's the engagement. So you want to make sure that all of those things are consistent. You're portraying a consistent message. The artwork is consistent with the message you're portraying, and so on. And then engagement is the final is the final piece of the puzzle. So once you have all the story, the art, the messaging, and stuff like that worked out, then you can engage people, and they're gonna. Uh, resonate to that because you know you stand for something mm -hmm. so whether that's like I don't know I'm like I'm the guy with the rabbit mask because of whatever reason you know it's part of your your brand name it's, your, it's in your logo it's in your messaging whatever um, then people kind of resonate with that and they follow that but if you're just doing something for the hell of it you just dye your hair and you think it's gonna make a difference to your career it probably won't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree Nikki. I completely I agree fun, dude well, this was done by Cecily, Sean, my engineer's baby mama, who I was, she was using me as a canvas, and she bleached it, and she because she was gonna do it blue. So this is the stage before when you get to color, and so when when we stopped, we stopped here. I said, I like this. I like that shit. Yeah, I like it. it looks good. So we stopped. We didn't go blue. We it's just good. went. It's better. To the bleach. Yeah, I don't like blue. That's, I think it looks good. I mean, blue is cool. But, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think you're crushing that shit. Thanks, man. It's been like this for a while. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> but no, I, I completely agree with, with, with Adrian. Yeah, yeah it's uh, interesting it's to kind of wrap point. up the brand. You know, I've been that guy, and I have a story as well, or whatever, <laughs> the reason I was Roger Rabbit or whatever, and I am Roger Rabbit. But, you know, obviously these days I'm not, uh, more of, a, of a, you know, about the company. I found that so I get a lot of fulfillment from my my day job, quote unquote, you know, and whatnot. Like, I really love where I'm at, who I work for, the team that I'm with and, you know, work with every day. And it's almost like, I, well, it is more, I think it's more fulfilling where I am now versus if I was to have just been touring Raji Rabbit because I meet all these people in the DJ community. I meet kids with uh, people with disabilities, uh, people who are young that are just coming up and they have that spark that I had, you know, when I was 16 getting into it, you know, and uh, to be able to be there and offer advice or help them along the way or provide a product that helps them and then let alone an event that they come to that they gather something from. Have you ever met an ugly person? <clears throat> All the time. I mean, it's it's that's that happens, but they're cool too. <laughs> it's about the story. Yeah. But they're cool, and I just think that that that, that I get more fulfillment where I am now, versus if I was All to have succeeded now. as a DJ, you know. So like you know, see, I, I did succeed you as a DJ because I I did what I wanted to do. I moved. I've done everything I wanted to do in life on a small level. I tell people that I've been telling people that since before I moved from Indiana to California. You know what I mean? Like if you break down the basics of what I do, okay, I DJed in front of people and got paid. You know, I made music. I put out an independent, you know, CD. You know, I did that in my hometown. You know what I mean with rappers and stuff. But that's it. I did what I wanted to do. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and I'd be cool. You know, everything else is just bonus points for me. The way that I live my life, I'm very happy with what I've achieved. 
and now it's about magnifying it. You know what I mean? How big can I take it as a DJ? How big can I take it in the DJ culture and community, you know, with with BPM Supreme, you know? So it's just like upping what I do now. That's the way I look at life. How do you up what you do, AD? Uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement. It's not like I'm the best producer, the biggest producer, the most well-known producer. And I don't try to be, you know? I already know that I'm not those things. But I think it's important to celebrate every success along the way. And I also think it's important to move the goalposts. So once you, you set a goal, you meet it, you uh, exceed it, and then you set a new goal. You don't rest on your laurels, you know. Um, if your goal is to be a DJ, if your goal is to play at a club and you do that, then maybe your new goal is to play at a bigger club or to play at 10 clubs or I don't know what it is. So, yeah, in a sense, celebrate the fact that you achieved something, but also don't stay, um, don't stay still. You got to keep moving. So, what are some of your goals that you have for yourself in the next two, three, four, five, ten? <laughs> I wish I had that kind of long-term thinking. I mean, in the immediate future right now, um, beats and making music kind of took a backseat just because I've been growing the business and I feel responsible for the team of producers that I have. I want to make sure that they're eating right, they're getting paid, they have a full-time job that they can rely on. So I'm kind of focused on that right now. Um, the other part of it is, um, I told you guys earlier, I think uh, I'm like a little rental company, so I've been kind of completely going in a different direction, just trying something new. Um, I think at heart I'm entrepreneurial and I like trying new things and you know, engaging in new challenges and stuff like that. So I still love music, it's, it's always going to be my big passion. But I feel like, kind of like you, you know, I, I kind of achieved a lot of the goals I set out, uh, I set out to achieve. I worked with a bunch of the artists that were my idols growing up as a kid. Um, you know, listening to hip-hop in the 90s. I worked with people like Wu-Tang, Monty, um, Common, Tali Pali, people like that. And then the new goals became things like growing a team and making sure they can have the same successes that I have. So I'm still kind of in the process of fulfilling that. Um, I guess, yeah, one of the goals would be to make sure that I can replicate my success for other people. I think. As I get older, and as I feel like I've learned a lot, I feel I have almost like a responsibility to share that, and to hopefully um, let other people have the same experiences I had, the same feelings of success and um, meeting their goals and exceeding their goals. So I think that's kind of what motivates me right now at this point and drives me is to help other people do what they want to do. I like that. I like to teach as well. But speaking of Wu Tang Clan, are they at A3C? I saw them advertised. Yeah, they're going to be here on Saturday, headlining on Saturday. No shit, um, all of them? Yes. The RZA? I wonder if he remembers me. Can I tell my RZA story? Tell your RZA story, Please. Bill. So Raj and I know each other from Guitar Center. I worked at Guitar Center in Hollywood, and RZA came in to buy a keyboard, and we were instructed to sell people uh, like insurance on their stuff. So he bought his keyboard, and I was like, excuse me, Mr. RZA, sir, uh, would you like to cover your keyboard so that if anything happens you'll be totally covered and he goes if anything happens to this keyboard i'm coming in here and fucking somebody up <laughs> oh, shit. i was like okay <laughs> so that's my rizzo story i drove it to his house too because it wouldn't fit in his mercedes oh wow so i was like i'll take it to your place he's like all right come on let's go i was like sweet i'm going to rizzo's house peace out <laughs> nice nice yeah man that was fun out there <laughs> Living in the Lido, I can't believe Nikki's gonna live in my old place. 
I need to give him some pointers, man. One time I saw a guy get stabbed right outside that place. You might want to keep that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. listen to Nikki, this Nikki has gone to the bathroom along with Jay. Nikki and Jay are gone to the bathroom. Yeah, I'll keep that. They held it as long as they could. I got to go, too. So when they come back, they could pass me the torch. But, uh, yeah. you married? Yes. How long? So, one year. We just, um... Had our anniversary two weekends ago. Congratulations. Cool. Yeah, Thank man. You. Did you go on a trip or a honeymoon or anything? We did, yeah. It took us a while, but at the start of this year, we went to Tahiti. Nice. Yeah, it was nice, as they really say. Nice. Oh, it was beautiful. You guys ever been to Tahiti? Thank you, man. Tahiti. No, but how many no, but mollies I know what did you slip in my drink while I was gone? Molly? Yeah, <laughs> more like roofies. I know a Tahitian right. word. <laughs> what is it? Mai Tai. Oh, come on. That's a drink. But it's Tahitian for my god. Really? Yeah. I used to work at a Mai Tai bar called Trader Vixen. And grab the a arena. joint from my place. Uh, huh? What is, no. Okay. What did you say? Say it's Tahiti owned by Trader Joe's. Tahiti is like the people there are genuinely the nicest people you would ever meet. Mm -hmm. But it gets to the point where it's almost annoying how nice they are. Oh, do you think they're like kidding? Yeah, you feel like they're being disingenuous. There was this chick that gave me this pizza. I was like, thank you. She's like, you're extremely welcome, sir. My pleasure. <laughs> Never been more by yeah. Is she looking for a bojo? <laughs> a bojo? Oh, yeah. It's funny. Maybe it's her purpose in life to serve pizza. Maybe she just feels super fulfilled. I, I think that's what it was. <laughs> See, that's a Tahitian thing to say. Exactly. <laughs> it's been rubbing off on me. When it's like... <laughs> so, what happened there? They see this There's this phrase called Yorana, which is basically like, um, you know, hello, have a nice day. Mm -hmm. And as you're walking through like Tahiti, literally everyone will stop in their tracks and say, Yorana, Yorana. And it gets to the point where you're walking through a business street, busy street, and there's like 50 people just around and going, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. My most <laughs> underrated battle rap when I used to battle back in the day. Yeah. My most underrated battle rap line was I don't remember what the rhyme was, but I said, You were a 10 before I pissed on you, now you're an 8. <laughs> and no one got it. And I always thought it was the coolest line, but nobody fucked with the line. And like I was expecting like a oh, but it was like what? You're too intellectual for you, yeah. Over their heads. Oh wait, 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 wait! You're a ten before I pissed on you. Now you're an eight. You're, you're an eight. eight. Oh, you're an eight. You're an eight. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. I'm one of them. You know? Maybe maybe it just didn't. Well, dude, I was like, I was like, well, no, I did. I'm, I had a, I've had a few beers. You're an eight. Exactly. I, and everyone I got was it. fucked up when I was yeah, battling here yeah, in, uh, no, in, yeah. in San no, Diego. I did, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't get that. But I did get it after you explained it, and I liked it. Well, but, sometimes you don't have always have right. to do Well, that. see, you know, the thing is, I, I thought, well, the first thing I thought of was until I, I was like, well, why didn't you just shit on him? Because that's the number two. You know what I mean? That would have been my number two. You know what I mean? Like you were a ten until I shit on you, and now you're number eight because it took the number two on you. <laughs> that's math, baby. And that's how you come out with the rabbit. <laughs> that's math. That's math, bitch. Yeah. Fuck with that. Oh. Maybe you should take up rapping. <laughs> no. Raji rapping. Raji rapping. Oh, Raji rap. Raji rapping. That's my. Educational game I put out after I've become famous. Roger Rapid does math. Does math. Hey guys, let's rap some math. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that could be like a hit on YouTube. Did on uh, 
Comedy Central. Uh, on MTV. Oh, uh, fucking uh, uh, yeah, Celebrity Deathmatch. Celebrity yeah. Deathmatch. <laughs> that was good shit. They need to. Someone yeah. I just saw like a top Reddit post the other day, and they're like, MTV needs to bring. There's never uh, been a better time to bring it back because we have so many right celebrities now. now. Because there's like, I mean, think of all these stupid internet celebrities that mean something to kids. I mean, there's hundreds of them. You know, you could claymate those those like idiots. Eminem, MGK shit, or like, just like something like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj, or like so much good shit. You know that people would be like, damn, I want to see that. Like, what's that? You could come up with funny shit on that too. Like each person, I feel like has their own type of shit that they say. You could like joke on each one of them because they all say different shit. Yeah. I want to do uh, hashtag uh, Quavo challenge. Quavo challenge. And I want to challenge. I want. I want to challenge Quavo to a. Do you know uh, who that is? Game of one on one. Yes. Yeah, I do. You do. I want to challenge Quavo to a game of one on one basketball. Why? Because he thinks he's the best basketball player. Are you the best basketball player? I'll I'll tear his ankles like the professor. Really? Uh, You're good at basketball? I will rip his ankles apart. No, so, I probably won't. But I got. <laughs> but I feel like that would be a dope thing for a thing to be shared in the in social media and like to watch celebrities go head to head basketball. They well, they used to have the Rock and Jock. Do you remember Rock and Jock? Like when Did you're you beefing instead, no. instead of beefing, just ball what's, up. What's that? What's Rock and Jock? Rock and Jock was great. You remember that? No, but I remember the NBA had fucking one on one at halftime. And horse. This was South Africa? No, no, no. The <laughs> NBA, man. <laughs> South African NBA. <laughs> <laughs> we come now to the one-on-one. <laughs> Bro, that was like some fucking Irish shit. Sorry, man. So, I know. Hold on, I know. <laughs> <laughs> some shit. So, so, no, no, seriously. Like, uh, fucking um, Rock and Jock was great. Celebrities <laughs> and some actual players of, of the professional sport would mix it up together and play on a team it was for i don't know if it's for charity or just for fun but it was on mtv it's called rock and jock and they'd have them yearly and it would be like pamela anderson and dean kane along with like fucking like <laughs> some believe, real, believe it or not you're right, right exactly yeah. that guy was superman actually when that oh, was that's happening right, he was but uh but yeah so like it was uh they the celebrities would team up against like the pros and stuff like that, you know, or what? Doesn't I th- or Ice Cube do something like that? He has like three a on three. three on that's, three. Yeah, just that's a three on three. Huge. That's, that's, that's huge. That's actually yeah. like NBA yeah, veterans they're killing that it. are still actually fucking good at basketball. Mm-hmm. Or so street playing bit. legends as well. Yeah. And so you know the reason behind that, right? The three on three, the three by the three. I feel like I read about it, but remind me. So basically, Ice Cube was saying that you know the thing is that any pickup game that happens on the playgrounds across this country it's more likely that there are three on three games because there's not that many people that all want to cooperate and play on a team right so it's so much harder to get a five on five game going than a three on three so three on three is actually the number one most played uh way to play basketball in the country uh but uh, there's no professional way to celebrate three on three basketball so he created the the ice cubes three by three tournament which uh ski, which ski is involved in as well so that's super cool because DJ, DJ ski DJ ski the owner of dash radio yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, he's DJ the dj there course, all the time yeah. so. nice. where's dash radio located la yeah he was I, just there yeah i did a little interview there a couple weeks ago with shout out to jay wealth it was nice great facility very professional so many people there too it was like a hub for just creativity and networking 
Yeah, Dash Radio is great, and they're doing a lot of great stuff in the online radio market, and they're really, like, basically, like, the way that they do and execute, it really is, like, the level of, like, you know, or better than a serious uh, radio, but yeah. it's uh, it's completely internet, you know, and they're, they're, you know, and part of being on the internet is weird sometimes because a lot of labels still aren't on it. They're not up on it. And a lot of times the labels are the last to know everything. They're, they're always the last to know everything. They're the last to know why people stop buying CDs, you know? Well, yeah. well, once the people understood they could buy a fucking spool of CDs for five bucks, they're like, why are we paying 15 for one album, you know? like, And so they started downloading it. I mean, it was just yeah. like, you know, the, the cost kind of got exposed when CD burners hit the public, you know? Uh, thing about the labels is they can kind of afford to do that because they have the money to just buy the companies that are in the new space you yeah. know they just start investing in soundcloud which i think it has like a majority stakeholder as like i don't know like a bunch of big labels mm-hmm. spotify and things like that they just throw the cash around buy what they need to when they need to yeah, yeah but they're definitely the last to know oh, yeah. you know and so they don't really innovate very much they just kind of buy it no they well, buy it i think soundcloud to survive now kind of has to become another Spotify or something because like they already have a giant user base I love that shit personally but now it's like I'd rather put shit up weekly on Spotify get the opportunity to be posted on playlists gain a new following get monetized for every single play I get be able to sell merchandise I could put shows up there if I want like I feel like Spotify is the new monetized SoundCloud. So I think SoundCloud's going to have to do something similar to keep up, you know, because... I think SoundCloud are moving too slowly to monetize their platform yeah. and introduce new features. I feel like they've been stagnant for a long time. Well, they well recently been, uh... they just announced that they'll be paying out, I think, royalty... I think BMI and, like, ASCAP will be getting... I now get paid from my SoundCloud streams. Yeah, it might be sound but very, exchange, but very, actually. But only the overseas, only the overseas streams. So they're very, they're moving very slow in this. But I, I can now make publishing money from my SoundCloud streams. Only, only the ones overseas, though. Not, not from Americans yet. America's uh, streams yet. So, but, um, oh, but, go ahead. Go but ahead. real quick, because SoundCloud though, is still the undisputed champion of free platform. Yeah. When I first started putting shit up on YouTube, that was the champion of of being able to be an artist in my room putting out a song and then connecting with a new artist and then showing it because back in the day you could you could write on people's walls on youtube and you could message hey how you doing i'm nick i'm from the bay area uh it's my first video i hope you enjoy it people would write back and then you could get people someone that comment up and then you would you would get all of a sudden a lot of people following your stuff just based on your networking on youtube that went away with vivo with SoundCloud, you can still message. Yeah. So SoundCloud for me has been a really great tool because I can go on and I can message other users that are maybe listening to Logic or YG. And I say, hey, you might like this one too. Boom, boom, boom. I'll go on there and I'll pretend I'm my manager and I'll just go, hey, you gotta listen to this new song because based on your, like on the Rust track, you might like Il Nikki's new, boom. And then you're getting um, an engagement from that. Do so work? I do still like that they have messaging. Mm-hmm. Does that work cool. for you? Absolutely. Yes. Really? Definitely. Definitely. Because you're getting. I might just be an asshole. Yeah. But I'm the type of cat that's going to be like I'm automatically ignoring. Well, you got to do it three, three, four hours a day. Yeah. And you got to change your messaging up because if you're sending, if you're copy and pasting and sending the same message, they'll block you. Yeah. Dude, I hate when somebody gives me 
so like sometimes I'll add people on like I think it's Twitter or like a fucking like Instagram or something like that and like sometimes I'm like oh someone follow me and I look at their page like, alright you know cool whatever I'll, I'll, I'll follow them back so I'll follow them back and immediately I get a fucking text and a message from them and they're like Hey man, thanks for following me. I think you'll like my music, bubbly blue, blah blah. And it, and just I know it's a copy pasted fucking yeah, yeah, like, or or either an automatic uh, machined out somehow thing. You know what I mean? And because it, it came so fast, you know. So I'm like unfollow immediately. Yeah, yeah. You know, immediately yeah. unfollow those people. Because I'm like, dude, that's not even sincere. You know what I mean? I and know, another I know. thing I hate as well. Personalize it. Another thing I hate as well, and this is something for any artist out there listening, if you have people that you want. Understand who people are when you go and approach them for to play your music or support you as an artist. If there's somebody that can legitimately fucking help you out, don't fucking charge them. Like I see people hustling CDs yeah. or whatever on the corner. And I'm like, oh, what's up with that CD? What's up with that CD? And they're like, hey man, yeah, it's it's like ten dollars. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, well let me yourself. just get it. You know, because I say like, I'm a DJ. And like, mm-hmm. oh man, well. uh you gotta I'm sorry man I gotta get $10 for it I'm like you don't know who I am I'm sorry yeah. you have a good day you yeah, know it's I, mean? like, I, I don't tell them that but in my mind I'm like you don't know who I am like, I could really listen to your song and really get it to potentially a lot of people you know what I mean like in your, your, you know and so if somebody is of the importance of it, they're in the industry mm-hmm. or could book you or knows people that you want to know they don't get charged for your music. I'm sorry. You Absolutely know, that's just not. how it is, you know? But a lot of people make that mistake of being like, yo, like, I'll give it to you for five bucks or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely yeah. hear that. So, so, you never know who someone knows, you know? So, like, if someone's cool to you, they're doing their shit, like, be cool to them. And, like, that's why I always pull up with merch. Merch is everything. Yeah. Pull up with, like, a couple of ill hats and stuff, and I would, you know, whether I was going to a bow show, or going to see people at BPM Supreme or whoever it is. I yeah, think I, I hooked you up with a couple of ill hats, <laughs> right? It's it's. I still wear them out, by the way. My man, really? Yeah, sure. oh, I got it. As long as they dope, you know. Yeah, no, but it's but it's the it's the sentiment. Yeah. Bring something. Hell what the yeah. fuck do you do? God, that's what makes me feel so shitty about sometimes as an artist, where it's like I don't want you to think right off the bat that I'm a freeloader. <laughs> you know, I'm not a freeloader. So just like, you know, like. I, I, if I go on to jamming, jamming 95.7 or, or Pandora invites me to Z90, I'm bringing something. Whether yeah. it's a bottle of tequila, ghost tequila, or if it's a shirt or something. Here, man, thank you for having me. I don't know if that's a, the Italian in me or if that's just, like, it's common sense. Like, who are you? Well, it's cur- you know? it's courtesy, you know, and it's not necessarily that you have to bring gifts per se. Something, though. But, I mean, that's really Takashi great. Takashi a- brought... Um, who was it that he brought? Oh, Adam Twenty Two, from No Jumper. Yeah, yeah. He brought him two women when he first was for his first interview. <laughs> two Colombian women. Yeah. Uh, you were saying? Wow. Well, yeah. Um, so yours for the uh, next two hours and twenty-two minutes. Yeah. That's hilarious. Watch. Sixty Nine. Such a role model. Um. I so. Uh, his, I don't know, his, I, I, I hope that his life choices, I mean, at least you can remove tattoos nowadays, I mean, you know. But I feel, hold on, you don't like Takashi? Don't like his tattoos. <laughs> Wayne had face tattoos. I don't like his tattoos either. Okay, what? Well, they're well, less, you know, they just go more extreme, you know, and it's just like, 
I don't I like know. It. But see, I don't know that they're. That I really don't. I just don't. I think they're just getting them for the gimmick. You know, I think they're getting them for the gimmick. And, but Takashi is like. I don't know. I it's just his feel gimmick, like he, man. But that's his. He figured it out. Yeah. What, what do you guys think he about that? I just really, I really like, I really like his music. I, like I his don't music like is his hype. music. I don't necessarily really? agree with the guy or what he stands for or like yeah. what he's doing to like all these kids who look up to him. But yeah. at the same time, you got to give him props for having a consistent brand and standing for something. And like people, like I said earlier, you know, they kind of latch onto that. Yeah. Um, I know like the whole 69 thing is stupid, but the fact that he has 69s all over his body, like he's representing what he's talking about. You know? <laughs> he's, he's just so committed. You got to yeah. just love a guy yeah, that that's... That's, is that committed. And and I'm sorry, but you've ever seen him perform. He he's just he gives himself to to that. He gives himself to the, his fans and he goes into everywhere and he gives what is money. The significance out. of the 69. Is that like the sex thing? I'm not really sure. It? I don't really. If you look too into it, I agree. With you. It's like, I don't know. This guy might. His connotation is maybe a little too negative and it's maybe a little damaging, but I don't know. Something about him is real to me and authentic. Like how it's just, I don't know. There's some people I see through, like, like there's people coming out that are trying to emulate him and you see right through it. Well, yeah, it's like, well, now it's just going to get more ridiculous, but that's what they do. They, you know, anytime you do something and succeed upon it, you're going to inspire other people to do it, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So then it's like, oh, well, I'm going to. Dominic was saying like early about his shirt and it's like mm-hmm. you come out with a new direction and then cats jump on that and it's like it keeps happening you know it's just yeah, yeah. Hey, and that's I mean that's that's everything someone someone was the first to to you know to rap a certain way and then someone was the first to kind of be like no we're not gonna rap that way I mean you know what nowadays if you rap like this yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. nobody under 10 is gonna give a shit you yeah, know what I'm saying sure. it's like, it's, like Cosby right yeah. there they put him in jail dude that's crazy old old jail probably not for long but uh but yeah um you know it's just there there's always people that influence and you're always I don't think you can make anything original anymore everything's influenced by somebody you it know what I mean yeah. can I, I was writing no new ideas. music just the other day and Joanna walks in she's like oh my god that's really good play it again I played it again she's like play it that's Sting <laughs> I looked it up and this song came out in 1993 it was like the same corporate expression of exactly what I was doing I was like god it's so hard to like <laughs> Yeah, I don't think movie. there's any new chord progressions that can come out. Well, that's yeah, that's my every fi- pop fucking hit is the same. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Well, I mean, piano? even there's even tw- then, there's twelve chords, <laughs> right? What? Twelve notes? They say. Well, yeah, three chords. Yeah. Twelve notes. Maybe. Uh, so in the last however many years I've been making music, there's twelve notes. That's yeah. how many are in the thing, right? Yeah, so it's every single song that you've ever heard, whether it's country, R&B, rap, whatever, reggae, it's all 12 notes, a variation of 12 notes. It's 12. This is all that exists. 14, but I don't think yes. 12. 12. I've been drinking. So, look. I've been thinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I don't know. I heard it in an article. <laughs> yeah, you, God damn it! The flat Earth said there's 12 notes only. Dude, someone added me to a flat <laughs> Earth group. Not a flat Earther. No. Yeah, someone added me to a flat Earth. You heard it first, and little Nicky's a flat Earther. I don't know. Like a flat Earth fuck. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a real group or a, 
a joke group, but all the things in there are so outlandish. I don't, I really, it's, I don't know what to believe here. I just asked the question. I was like, I was like, is the, I was like, is what did I, I said, is the moon flat too? How does that work? And like their, their responses were just like, I couldn't believe, I still yeah. don't know if it's a real group or a joke group. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, if it, this is a flat saucer, flat as a pan. There's another flat as a pan thing sitting just perfectly fucking flat enough to look around, looking right down at us. It doesn't, you know, it's not, in a, it's not, not altered. It's a perfect circle. It just happens to be up there, you know, Yeah. and it rotates us. And it's just another flat saucer that happens to completely... <laughs> Bo's got flat saucers. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, oh no. Adrian, uh, they... what what do you know? You grew up in Germany, right? Yeah. And then you lived in London. Right. So when was the first time that you stepped step foot in America? Uh, I mean, my mom's you? half American, so okay. I kind of grew up coming to Florida and stuff like that on vacation. Okay. I'm just curious, like, because you get the perspective of uh, the outside world. What do what's the what's the consensus of that Americans are fucking stupid? That's the yeah, consensus. Damn. Anywhere outside of America, you ask them about, you know, what do you think of Americans? Usually yeah. they'll say they're stupid. They're stupid. But like, if you dig a, a little deeper, I think sure. I think it's just that people here are, <laughs> they're more narrow-minded and they're like they don't they don't even want to know. That's the truth. what the, that, that's you know? the truth. That's they're so sounds, happy just yeah. being ignorant. Yep. And I think Willful that's, ignorance, that's what's so man. sad, right? That's like, crazy. It's, it's fine to you not know something and be wrong, but it's not okay to give be like, the, ignorant about Bo. it and not want to like, you know, accept the truth. Mm-hmm. Bo, can you give him the key? Yeah. I think from being here and right. First coming floor, from South straight. Africa, okay. I came to learn floor, like, number one. it's the second mm-hmm. bush on There's your left. There's so much going floor, on in America back. that mm-hmm. it's so easy to just get caught up in it. Go down to the floor. You don't even realize that there's other countries because there's so much going on here. So it's like next to the fitness center. Whatever you do, you could get caught up in like a business, and you could just focus on America and never reach the whole country. Yeah. And like cover that, you know. So I understand it, but at the same time, it saddens me because like you ask like standard geographical questions or something simple, and it should be like. You know, the number yeah. of times like people have asked me, rappers have asked me where am I, where I'm from, and I'll be like, oh, I'm from Germany, and they'll be like, oh, cool, what state is that in? I'm like, uh, are you serious? That's like this group uh, in Europe. Is that really happening? Like, oh yeah, this uh, is like somewhere south, right? Like, fuck no. Do you, have you ever seen an atlas before? Have you, do you know where the, That's yeah. so unfortunate. That's that like that group cringe. of the flat earthers that I was talking about. I don't, I really am still confused on if. Like they said, the moon was projected. They said they have a, a projector here on Earth and it projects the moon. And he said, "This is how it works." And he, he sent that picture there, and it's a frog in a vase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't know oh what to gosh. believe anymore. Oh my god! This is like the um, what is a it? The frog in a vase. Right? Where it's like inverted, right? The image is inverted. I think that's what he's trying to show. Oh, so he's so it is real. He is trying to like be real. I didn't even understand that at all. See, maybe I'm Can stupid. <laughs> No, there's, there's like this. I know what you mean now. Now that does make sense, actually. That does yeah. kind of make sense. Like back in back in the days, like way back, they had those like 
the three D holograms of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, with like the tiny pinhole cameras, and then it would like project an image, and it would be like inverted. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what he's trying to explain to you, but it makes like no. But that <laughs> makes way. more sense than it did frog before. Frog in a jar. Because yeah. like now. Hey, it's a frog in a jar. <laughs> yeah. It's like a it's like a telescope. Oh, oh, that you got that. I do know what that is. Now. When you're talking about astrophysics and someone starts mentioning a frog, <laughs> you just kind of say, Yeah. It's yeah. Now, a tardigrade, though, on the other hand, that would make sense. Have you ever seen what a tardigrade Jesus. is? No, what's that? A tardigrade is a little animal <laughs> that looks like a bear with like an anteater face. What? Is there's, a tardigrade is the only animal that lives on Earth. <laughs> that can survive the vacuum of space. I'm so if confused. If you blasted it out of the Earth on like an asteroid, it could live on an asteroid wow. like for years, for like hundreds of years, I think. A turd? Uh, a tardigrade. <laughs> oh, turd. I thought you said a turd. Yeah, they're crazy looking. A turd could live one. forever. And did you know there's more <laughs> tardigrades? Have gravity? Or no, what's the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Martian. I'm pretty sure that's what gravity was. No, the, yeah, no, The Martian. Where they made plants from shit. Oh yeah, yeah. well it's yeah it's manure yeah, turns into uh, that's a tardigrade. You know, breaks down into. And there's more tardigrades than there are seen these, things yeah. on Earth. I think I watched it in like a Vice documentary or something. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, there's like a hundred thousand like million of those around us right now. It looks like a blow up hot tub. <laughs> I wish we could show pictures right now. What the That's why fuck? the podcast downstairs would have been cool because it's like a video. Kind of oh, is this a mitochondria? Uh, it's a tardigrade, bro. But <laughs> did you see, did you see yeah, this? It's about the same size as a mitochondria. It's like a fucking oh, inverted rhino. Fucking rape the shit out of you. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> fuck you up. Our word. Yeah, it's about the same size as tardigrade. This place yeah, is crazy. I can't believe this is creepy, right? It's so creepy. Dude, I'll bring up the bocce balls out if you want to come back over. Like it's an incredible amenity. Yeah, like we'll be back this week. week dude, it looks for like sure, dude. We got like so many good stuff. Well, right I, I want to bring the song link for you guys over. We'll do a podcast like a, with them. Dude, I'll set it's up. It's almost man. like a bag covered in like a like a paper. But either way, let's just come back and hang out. Play some bocce. Yeah. You know what bocce means? Like some kind of hazmat suit. You kiss the balls. Hmm. Pretty cool. <laughs> I learn something every day. Yeah. So where do you find these things? Are they like everywhere? Tardigrades, yeah, they're microscopic. They're like the size of a cell. You're and a they tardigrade. are everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> You're a child. flat earth tardigrade. <laughs> He's a flat earth tardigrade. You look like a flat earth tardigrade. I can tell by the way you blink, you motherfucking flat earth. You're a flat earth tardigrade. <laughs> oh man. Alright, I think we should get going, yeah? It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap out. Uh, Two hours. Thank right. you. I think that's probably like 10 minutes of usable material. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know, right? We should leave. All right. Well, I'll do a sign off for him since he's not here. Raj went to take a, take a giant shit. You um, said it was queef. Here. Yeah. So, uh, for, thank you to oh, the flat earth tardigrades. Here, Raj, you got to do a sign off. Time to sign off. Huh? What? <laughs> We're exiting. We were talking about Raj. Raj. tardigrades. All right. So, oh, we're getting to space now. In conclusion, um, we just covered tardigrades. <laughs> I left to go pee, and we got into tardigrade territory. So that means one thing. Thanks for joining us, the Raji Rabbit Podcast. This is a very unconventional, very uh, fun podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this two-hour and six-minute hodgepodge of nonsense from industry professionals. Thank and you for if us. you uh, want to tune in again. Subscribe.
<laughs> Bye. Festival. Catch Anna Domini tomorrow at. This shit is not going up today. Oh yeah. <laughs> On Thursday, a week ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last week. <laughs> he will have a. He, you will have spoke at the A3C festival. But if this goes out in a hundred years and you can travel back in time, come see me. I'd love to chat. <laughs> and if it goes. Tell him about the website. Week, Check out me and JPAT's um, new EP. Modernproducers.com, that's the e-commerce platform for um, producers. We got everything from drum kits to VSTs, whatnot. And AnnoWNation.com, that's my beats uh, company. We need music production for artists. If you need anything, check that out. Holla at your boy. Yo, check out mine and Neil Nicky's EP coming soon. San Diego Cats putting us on the map. Uh, scottcom You will find the illest, well, second illest, well, like probably the worst beats of all these guys here. <laughs> all right, I think okay. your wife is calling, my wife is calling. We need to get off this yeah. thing. Thank all you right. and good night, Bye, everybody. Wow. Well, that was super fun and quite a way to kick off season five, episode one of the Raji Rabbit podcast. It was so fun to link up with them again. We were not all supposed to be in Atlanta at all. Uh, we just happened to congregate there for the a3c and different circumstances which is really cool because we're all really great uh friends uh and uh we got to bond very well over that uh that night so uh that was a rooftop conversation recorded live. Thanks for sticking with us and listening all the way to the end. There was a lot of hijinks there. I did the best to make the audio sound good. Uh, that was recorded in open air element with people in the background on patios with Bluetooth speakers and uh, the neighbors were out there. It was, uh, it was a wild environment to record in, but I think we uh, picked it up well with the mics that we had and, and the post uh, audio treatment I was able to do. So anyways, make sure you show them love. Uh, Anno Domini's uh, on Instagram. You can check out modernproducers.com, his new website. Uh, you can also check out Il Nikki online. Just search for Il Nikki. He's all over Instagram, social media. Jay Pat's his producer. They have an EP coming out. And of course, Mr. Bo Scott, great friend of mine and great DJ. Uh, Bo Scott, bo-scott.com. And remember, to go to rajirabbit.com and uh, you can sign up for my email list and get notified when it comes out or you can follow me on uh, Instagram, rajirabbitpicks or you can find me on facebook.com slash rajirabbit for all the latest and updates on my travels around the world and the podcasts I record. Thanks for listening. See you next time.